Good evening, everybody joining us. Uh, welcome to another episode, a long-awaited episode. Not long-awaited, a long waiting time before we did this episode uh, of mm -hmm. Lakers Detailed. I was out of town for a while, for like five days. I went to Maui. Lakers went on vacation. I went on vacation. Uh, <laughs> and so that was nice. Uh, had a nice break. Uh, I was talking to Raj offline uh, before we jumped on and uh, literally I was telling him the only game that I watched the entire time after the Lakers lost uh, game four was the game seven between Boston and Miami because I was firmly invested in Boston losing that game uh, and that game it was I, that game went crazy like I was, I was shocked yeah. that they won the way that they did um, but as soon as like you know, Jalen Brown started turning the ball over and they're like relying on guys like Marcus Smart to make plays. And you could tell like Tatum's ankle was bothering him. I was like, oh, I don't know if they'll do this. And, uh, you know, Miami uh, helped out uh, the Lakers and, and knocked Boston out of the playoffs. Um, but it was a good vacation. It was much needed. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended taking a break. Raj, I know you said yourself, you took a little bit of like a mental break from everything yeah. you know i didn't stay completely off twitter I, like i read the stuff that was going around and we have a lot to talk about when it comes to that but um how are, how was your break uh from from the lakers loss up until till the today's recording it was good you know i decompressed um yes. it's funny when you get when you get swept it's kind of it's uh there's no like shock ending right because like once you go down 3-0 it's kind of like you're you're already at the end i you know, congratulated some, you know, Denver Nuggets fans after we went down three, nothing because coming back from you know three LE just has never happened before. And it's still never happened before because uh, of what happened to Boston, but no, it was nice, man. It kept went away for a little bit. The the finals had a little bit of a break since the, between the conference finals. So there was like a three or four day break between that. Um, just being able to get away and um, yeah. But when your season ends like this late, it's nice. Cause summer leagues right around the corner. The draft yeah. is in a few weeks. Um, I'll start with this, Renee. So I post this question on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but I asked like, who's the next Aaron Gordon and Andrew Wiggins kind of, and like, you yeah. know, not saying that they were terrible players, guy in the wrong situation usage that would thrive a, on a contending team. And you don't have to answer if you don't want, but I thought it was interesting. What stemmed that question to me was watching that game seven. Cause you, you said you watched that Boston has a lot of dudes. I feel like who need to be that guy, yeah. but like, aren't that guy, you know what I mean? So I like, but I enjoyed every one of Jalen Brown's eight turnovers. I enjoyed every one of those. <laughs> there are eight of them. They were all beautiful, all in yeah. their own way. Um, yeah. Marcus Smart, you know, deciding to take things on his own hands is always a great thing to watch. Always. Boston. Um, but I thought, you know, that was it's a, just a nice backdrop to me to go into the summer with. Lakers didn't win, obviously, but Boston losing you know, kind of heals that. You nice know, consolation. I'd, I'd imagine if we had a Boston fan up here, they'd probably say the same thing with as long as the Lakers don't jump ahead of them. You know, it's a nice mm -hmm. consolation. So I, I get it. Um, uh, before we continue forward, uh, for the folks that are, you know, just rent, just tuning into the live stream via Twitter, uh, Spaces is down. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. It literally went down exactly when we were about to launch. And that's why it went down. Um, and so we... Uh, are firing this up on you if you're watching this via YouTube or if you're watching this via the live stream function, Periscope mm -hmm. function on Twitter, you can leave a comment, uh, whatever it is, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll read the stuff on air. Um, if Spaces does come back, we'll try and relaunch it. Uh, but we apologize for the folks that are typically used to hearing just the audio portion um, that can't tune in. Other thing, is, which is good news, is if you like to use Twitch, um, this 
this video pod is now on Twitch too as well. Uh, so you can use your Twitch app. If you follow me, I think you can just follow my um, my same uh, Twitter handle and um, you should be able to find it. Uh, if not, just do it on YouTube for now uh, and then we'll, we'll sort out all that sort of stuff. It's been a long break. I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything with the branding. So I, I just want to let the folks know. But we apologize. Obviously, we don't control Twitter. That's Elon Musk. So you can get mad at him. But yep. it is what it is. You know, like we'll, we'll try. Hopefully it'll be corrected sooner than later. Um, but getting back to what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, it's a nice consolation to watch Miami go and beat Boston. Uh, I, I think I only posted one tweet, uh, which was Bill Simmons' sad face sitting in that crowd of that of that <laughs> game seven i thought it was wonderful it's just yeah. probably so much joy to see him miserable um so i you know i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot um but now is- we have to yeah we have to get back to reality which is <laughs> which is <laughs> what are the lakers going to do in the off season but before we get into that mm-hmm. um Mike Malone complained the entire series against the <laughs> Lakers about not getting Denver, not getting respect or getting coverage. Sure. Uh, as like a potential championship. You know, like it was all about, you know, what are the Lakers going to do? What are the Lakers going to do? All that sort of stuff. Um, and as soon as they sweep us, uh, the first thing LeBron goes out there in his post game, not first thing, but one of the things that LeBron does in his post game is come out there and talk about hinting at retirement or hinting at, you know, what he wants to do with his future and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff, very vague stuff. And that took the entire timeline by storm. Uh, that was literally only thing like the conversation about us getting swept completely disappeared from my timeline. All it was about was, is LeBron going to retire? Is he hinting at retirement going on here? And then I think that was like kind of, for the next day and obviously the day afterwards that was a, so i thought that was hilarious uh and i, I think uh shell said it and it's like if that was a planned move by lebron just to like troll the nuggets coach and be like watch this you guys want storylines watch what i'm about to do that would be brilliant that's brilliant on yeah. LeBron's part to be an a-hole and and do something like that i don't i don't think he did look mike malone was absolutely off his you know rocker the whole series <laughs> um went at d'angelo russell to start and then just as the nuggets gained more momentum his quotes just got more and more flagrant it was just yeah. an interesting thing to watch um because the players i mean like jamal murray had some you know he had some history with the lakers but i mean Jokic and those guys don't really talk much aaron gordon yeah. is probably the most you know flamboyant out of them but like yeah and mike malone being the one where you have to hate or i'm seeing like people like i'm a root for the heat because of mike malone and i'm like <laughs> i just i just can't have enough i don't have enough in me to you know, care, have a horse in the race with, um, because of the coach of the other team. But that was interesting. I don't think LeBron did that, but uh, like LeBron's going to get attention, whatever he does, LeBron could have said whatever he wanted. And that would have got the attention. It did nuggets. He also just doesn't doesn't just move people the way, you know, the, the way that, um, probably Lakers Celtics or anything would have, but no, it was interesting. I mean, you know, congrats to Mike Malone, you know, he's finally in the NBA finals and still complaining about the attention now. And maybe that's just something that, he uses to motivate his team. Like it's funny, him. Like it's funny because you you look at it. Mike Malone's complaining about all this attention. Jokic doesn't give one crap about that. Like like you could, like Jokic does not care. You know, in you know one bit about the attention, or he wants less of it actually. So it's a funny like combination between those two. But no, um, congrats to them, man. Go go get your first. Go get the first title for for Denver. Um, and hopefully, you know that gets the attention that they want uh, next season. So so we'll see. 
Yeah, I, th I thought I thought just the, the whole it seemed like he was trying to be like the personality for the team because there really wasn't like Bruce yeah. Brown was like trying to do it too. Like Bruce Brown was talking oh, crazy too. And, and I get it. Like it, it's 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 one of those things like as fans, like you try to be humble and you don't try to, you know, like you, you don't mm -hmm. want to uh, test the basketball gods. But sometimes when you're just the better team, you can bully the other team. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that the Lakers got bullied. Like all of those games were very close. All yeah. those games were single possession games that came down the wire. We just couldn't execute. And Jokic was, bro, game four, he hit. We didn't talk about it because we didn't do a post game for game four. But, like, dude, he he hit when he hit the time expiring <laughs> fall away. That was, it was over. Three that looks like it's a circus shot. But for like him, apparently, is like, you know, he's used to taking it. Oh, like, bro, we're not winning this game. Like, we're, yeah. there's no, they're going to they're gonna come back. They're going to hold the lead. We're not going to, we're not going to win this game. I was like, when shots like that go in, it's just, you know, it's just, they're they're in like yeah. a different zone, different groove. That's that sort of thing. Um, but you know, Braun talked about retirement. He talked about not knowing what was going to happen with him going into next season. That he needs to think about. Um, you know, let's assume he wasn't thinking of Mike Malone when he said he was being honest. Like he was he was actually being very honest with what he was talking about. Um, he, you know, talked about not knowing where his health is going to be, what his situation is going to be going into next season in terms of that. Um, and then, you know, he kind of, he doesn't explicitly say, you know, I'm thinking about retiring or something like that, but he's just thinking about his future. That's kind of the way he sort of said it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, after, after reading, hearing that, and then the next day reading through some of the more clarifications that David Meneman was offering and Chris Haynes was offering uh, more detail in regards to what his responses were, you know, I honestly thought, and what Bron was saying is, um, I don't know when I can be back healthy and in shape because of right. my foot. And I thought he was trying to allude to that um, in his post game. He just couldn't say it that way. He couldn't say my foot is fried. I probably have to get surgery. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to rehab. I don't really want to have to force myself to, you know, he's 39 years old. You don't want him to have right. to go hardcore rehab in the, in the off season if the foot, if the foot requires surgery. And then have to rush his way back in October, November. Like he's probably like, I'd like to just have to come back in like January. You know, honestly, I, I think that's what it is. And so, what, what was your take on like his his thing with with, with the the vagueness about retiring and, and his future and something like that? Yeah, I remember I was live talking about it. I was like, well, I don't really know what to do with this. You know, like I was not expecting LeBron to come out and be like, yeah, um, I'm thinking about you know like where where my head is at and my future with basketball, which is something he's just never said before my thought about it is he's you know signed for another year as well right like he's he's you know under contract for another season i just can't see him walking away from that like i i, I can't see it and maybe just in the heat of the moment moment in the emotion he was talking about like he's just probably tired i mean this season was probably a drag for him if you think about it you know a trade within 13th seed trying to work your way back up you have an emotional series against the warriors and then you just get bounced. And the the playoffs are, you know, have a way of kind of showing you how close or how far you are. You know what I mean? Like they, they, it's it's very revealing in that way. I'm sure LeBron was like, man, if I can't turn the corner here, like, you know, like I'm sure there were like places of uh, vulnerability that he's just never seen before. So I'm sure that that's all, you know, a part of it. I like when I first heard it, I was like, there's no way. And then Dave McManaman, of course, got the behind the scenes under the cut, you know, under the Batman cave, asked the private, private, private question where no one else was listening, obviously. 
and got the got the um confirmation that it was about retirement. But yeah, I I I just can't see him, you know, hanging it up now. And look, coming back to January, we can get back to this point. But can the Lakers survive like LeBron James out till January? I'm not I'm not sure. Like that's that puts you in a really tough predicament, which you might be right back where you were this season. Playing team, fighting, having to scratch and claw for every piece of real estate in the standings. That's not a place you want to be. But also LeBron's going to be 39 at this time, this time, yeah. you know, next year, which is a real conversation that the Lakers need to have. Can LeBron be your offensive engine for a title team? Like, that's a real question. But no, I, I don't think he will. But what'd you think what'd you, when you heard it? What, what was your, like, reaction to that? Yeah, I, so I didn't buy it at all. I was just like, bro, you've told us for, like, two seasons that you want to play with your son. And, like, yeah. you have, like, these – and, like, you know, Bronny's announcement that he's going to be playing at USC. And his, his younger son, Bryce, is also – he just transferred, mm-hmm. I think, to Campbell Hall, and like it, like I, when he when he retires from the game, okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be a spectacle. It's not going to be like we've we've seen Kobe's retirement, right? Yeah, he played twenty years. Um, he didn't have necessarily the same statistical accolades that LeBron did, but he's had several moments. He's had so many moments in his career, like LeBron. Like it's very very hard for me to believe that he would go out um, and you know, more power to him. If he wants to do it that way, he can do it that way. I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Like you're playing for the Lakers. If you yeah. want to retire and you want a farewell season, like just, you can literally just go to Gene and look like, look, this is probably going to be my last season. And the fans will take care of the rest. His fans, Laker fans, you know, NBA fans in general. Like it is very hard for me to believe that, he would just be like, mm, you know what? I got swept by the Nuggets, and then how unceremonious like of an end yeah. would it be? Oh, I got swept in the Western Conference Finals, even though he came back from injury to help us, you know, uh, get that far in the first place. And for him to just turn around and be like, nah, you know what? I'm I'm done. Like I, I just I don't see it, man. So I, I I didn't buy that. Let me just push back a little bit on that. Yeah. The only thing, so. I think this year he thought he really had a chance to win the title. Like, I mm. believe I believe he believed that. You know what I mean? Last year, I don't believe he believed that. And you could tell fair, by the fair, look fair. at how many times he rotated on defense last season. Not to be mean to LeBron. It's just like he was not – he was he had no mood to recover on defense or, or in rotation where both of us were under the – in the, in the summer, like, LeBron's going to need to play defense this year. Um, <laughs> and he did. And, like, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's a big reason why we were, you know, went to the third round. But I believe – he believed that he could win a title this year, which is why you saw the uh, he had a 2020 game, right? Where I believe he sat for like two minutes. LeBron James sat for two minutes or like 20 seconds in a game. Yeah. Uh, he went for 40 in game four. I believe he played 45 minutes or something like that in that game. I believe he really thought he could win the title this year. And my question to you, Vinay, what's LeBron uh, take out money? Cause he doesn't, let's be honest. LeBron has the money. The right. Laker contract is great. It's a very fruitful NBA contract. LeBron James makes a ton of money. I'm sure that's not the motivation. Playing with the Sun might be, but I've heard some stuff like maybe Bronny's not a one and end. We don't know. We don't know what his. Yeah. So what is his basketball motivation? Because that's where I'm. That's my only like. He has the accolades. He has the leading. He has the. Um. He's, he can't score more points than anybody now because he mm-hmm. he leads that. Um. He's at four rings. So another ring. I'm sure he. That's what he's playing for. But like six titles would probably be the one that he was kind of reaching for to kind sure. of tie Jordan. What's the basketball motivation for him, I guess, 
to come like in your mind because obviously there's a ton of motivations but what do you think like would be the biggest because i can i can see where lebron was like i'm not saying he's gonna retire i don't believe that but i can see where in his head he can have these battles of like man i gotta go through another uh, training camps is in three months like right you know like you know what i mean i gotta rehab this foot i gotta do it all again yeah for maybe a team that's not even going to be the favorite next year because the lakers right. likely won't be the favorite next year it'll be denver or um whoever you know gets the flashy free agent maybe so um but what uh what, what do you think about his motivation i guess as in as a basketball player to return yeah you know i i don't think there is i, I could see the perspective the the perspective of him not having a, a a basketball motivation or like an accolade motivation like i remember um i i, I did some writing uh before the warrior series um and mm. like literally one of the first things i wrote you know because people talk about legacy I was like, look, man, at this point, you either think LeBron's the greatest player of all time or you think he's second to exactly. Jordan. Like, I don't see him ranked anywhere else in any And five rings stream. isn't chasing that. Five, yeah, five right. rings isn't chasing, isn't changing that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you've just got two camps of people who are like in those two spaces. And I don't think either of those, like, it's almost become like uh, you, I don't want to say you become a character, but like the Skip Bayless thing, like, you know, he's had some news recently with, with Shannon Sharp leaving, like, like Skip is never going to change his opinion ever because he's made so much money after oh, being yeah. a detractor. And there are people who want to be in the basketball media space that have taken those positions. Like they're like, even if, I, when he retires, all of that stuff is going to change. They're going to be like, this guy's the most amazing player I've ever seen. Like even the, his biggest detractors are going to be like, no, this guy, 20 years, 21 years. Yeah. But to answer your original question, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's a basketball. Like, I don't think any more championships is going to – I don't think anybody's going to convert, you know what I mean, from being a Jordan stand to becoming a LeBron stand if you win six. Honestly, I, like, if I was a Jordan stand, I'd be like, yeah, it took you twice as many times attempts to get to it. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's that's the way they would probably Not make sure. that argument. And so, for me, it's like uh, he probably doesn't. Um, he doesn't need the money. You're right about that. <clears throat> but – I think he does care about how his story ends. I think that sure. matters. So if he doesn't have a basketball reason for it, and if the writing is on the wall for him uh, in terms of like, you know what? I don't think there's any version of this team or any version of the Lakers, you know, like with him and Anthony Davis and him at his age and with the role players and stuff like that. That's like, if there's no version of it where he thinks that he can compete for a championship, I think he still does want to have a uh, an honorable end to his story, right? Like when Kobe got the, – the reason why this is – it's cosmic is because we knew when Kobe tore his Achilles, he was done. There was no coming back from – because of his age and because of the type of injury he suffered. And we just knew that – even when Jeannie gave him that contract, you know, the famously people are very upset about him getting the $15 million extension. Like, but we knew that this is, thank you for what you've done. You've done right. it for 20 years. We know we're not going to be good, you know, um, but your final season is going to be an honorable end for you. A, a basketball. And I'd like, I had season tickets at the time. I can tell you even from behind the scenes, my tickets were going resale were going for crazy amounts of money. I'm talking about games that like you would not even pay a hundred bucks to watch like against mm -hmm. like the Kings when they were bad. Like those, those games were going for enormous amounts of money because people knew what was coming. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I think if there's no basketball reason for it, like maybe, maybe, maybe he's telling the truth. 
playing with Bronny is not really that big of a deal anymore because he doesn't want to, whatever it is, he, he, it doesn't mean that much to Bronny or it doesn't mean as much as people think. Like maybe for him having the honorable end to his career, if it's in a Laker jersey or if it's something else, like I can't, people are like, oh, maybe he'll go back to Cleveland and then retire. I was like, he's going to ask the Lakers to trade him back to Cleveland? Like I don't see right, that. Like yeah. you just, you take the ceremonial end. You'll probably, you know, sign maybe you sign like a one-day contract or something like that, and, and then retire um, as a Cavalier if you want. Um, I just he he just strikes me too much. Like Kobe was like that too, dude. Like that the the way the story is written, like Kobe wanted to dictate the way the story was going to be written for him. He so wrote that, the story, yeah. yeah. And so even his very last game, right? Like I'm shooting forty times or whatever to get sixty points, something ridiculous. So it's just yep. like. It, even if that has lessened the thirst for the championship or he's just come to sort of a realization about his own basketball mortality, like I think that he still wants that story written in a very honorable way. And um, there has to be a buildup to it. Like he has to start hinting at it if he thinks it's coming. So now the, the, the eyeballs go like this. And then once he, once it, you know, is kind of announced, then, then, then we'll know. Right. And also like, just to that point, he had a documentary crew, Following yeah. him this season. That's why, like, I really think he thought he was doing it this year. Yeah. Like, I honestly I thought, like, like I and we we even said like we, they had a good shot. I mean, yeah. I mean, they got outscored by 24 by Denver total yeah. in that series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Denver just beat Miami by like double figures last night. You know, so yeah. like I mean, you just look at the difference in terms of how those games went. But I think the issue here, and I guess we can continue on because obviously with the LeBron conversation, this all is a part of it. Kobe was on a team where he had a number two pick with him, right? Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell was a number two pick. I believe that was his first first year. Um, and then Jordan Clarkson as well, right? And then Julius Randle. So we knew the deal. Like, the Lakers yeah. weren't contending that season. Yeah. That's not what next season for this Lakers team is. And that's where, to me, is so fascinating. If this is LeBron's farewell tour, it's coinciding with the time where the Lakers have a 30-year-old Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. And they have, they're about to go... Um, pay Austin Reeves, pay Rui Hachimura, do whatever. Like this next year is also winning time, like type of season. So that's where it's interesting to me, like those conversations of what LeBron needs around him versus what the Lakers need moving forward. I, I think that's so interesting to me. And this is where LeBron's decision here. He said he's going to take some time to decide. Um, like, how does that coincide with what they're going to do in the draft with the free agent? So, like, I think LeBron's going to come back. I just think like there are valid reasons why he would think about hey like do i want to put my body through that you know because this is a grueling series to put his body through memphis through the warriors and now have to do it again for a whole regular season and is that sustainable to a team where he's going to be making the uh the max you know what i mean like that's a salary spot that's filled like lebron coming back in january that's a team that's going to be handicapped trying to you know win without him so uh, i don't know i don't know what the answer is there but I guess to my question to you, how does that fit in, I guess, with the Lakers' goals next season? Like, if LeBron comes and says, I don't think he's going to, but, like, if he comes out and says, this is my last season, how does that, I guess, coincide with what the Lakers' goals are? You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are those are, those are those are conflicting kind of things there where, yeah, LeBron can still be good in his final year, but you kind of know what the deal is in the dude's final year. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. like, if you have a contending team with that, I, I don't know how those things mix. Yeah, so I, I remember historically, like, um, when Kobe's thing happened, we tried to recruit new guys. Like, we tried to, even after, like, we tried to recruit free agents. And then when it sort of became clear that we weren't getting those free agents, like, right. Melo didn't want to come, 
LaMarcus didn't want to play center, but ended up playing center for the Spurs anyways. Like when all that sort of stuff sort of happened, like um, it was sort of clear that like the Lakers had no choice but to go in a certain direction because we've talked about it a long time ago. Like Kobe casts a large shadow over the franchise and there was only going to be like, you had to either have like 10 years of bad basketball. We had like four years or five years of bad basketball with the young, young crew or the young guys, um, <clears throat> the young core. Or somebody of even of equal or even greater stature as, as what Kobe is to basketball, that the, the NBA would have to be the person that took up the mantle, right? And that ended up being mm-hmm. LeBron for us. And um, you know, we we quickly switched gears towards becoming a more competitive franchise and being competing. So it's like that we knew what the situation was in that situation. In this situation, it's not the same thing. We already have Anthony Davis, right? We already have right. a guy who looks like he can be. Uh, a productive player in Rui Hachimura. Austin Reeves looks like he can be productive. Um, D'Angelo Russell, even outside of the Denver series, can be a productive player. He is a, a, a second second round pick, or sorry, second overall pick. Um, <clears throat> we're not as talent depleted as we were when Kobe was there, right? Like we had like Jeremy right. Lin and Nick Young, and it's just like it's a ragtag group of people that were on that team. Um, so it's it's easier to build a foundation if LeBron does quietly decide to say that to the franchise or if he does say that you know openly and, and announce announce it out um if he does announce it out i think it also takes a lot of heat off of the franchise for that season because people sure. will be like look he's not going to be here we don't even know how much effort he's going to put into the season you know being fair like I don't, I don't think he would cheat the game but at the same time like like you said he's not going to tear his body apart in a final season when he knows he's going to retire so it's like i've had more confidence about how we would move afterwards um mm. if he does take that decision i i just don't see it it it, it it seems too abrupt of something and and honestly if he did do it and if i'm completely wrong and he does end up going and saying you know what this is gonna be my final season not next season but the season after like right. or like he's just gonna play out his contract and that's gonna be it like that that would be like the way he would i would see he might like that would be something that i think we will know like well in advance. Like it won't be something mm-hmm. that just be sprung on us um, the way it was. Uh, or no, it's not really sprung. Like we knew with Kobe. I think we'll know with LeBron too as well. Um, but I like that we're more set. Ready. Like we yeah. have another star there, right? When Kobe was gone, we didn't have anybody. We didn't know what direction <laughs> we were going in. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a little bit different for sure. Yeah, sure. And look, LeBron's probably the most calculated player ever. And you know, sure. he's not going to go. 20 years and then not capitalize on his final season right not uh monetize has you know weird connotations to it but you know monetize capitalize whatever on you know his final situation so um he's a a brand when he is done with basketball he is still one of the biggest basketball brands in the in in the the world so like and i you know the theory that i prescribe to is the one i think people have shared like 2025 is the all-star game in la if he's still in the Laker jersey, like that is, you might as well, if you're going to leave, if you're going to call it quits and you're thinking about it, like that's probably the season to do it because it'll be all LeBron that whole season and Oof. the all-star game and everything. And that's, that would be the way to do it. If, if he's, if he really wants to just be done after this, these next two contracts. Sure. Next two years, Man, 2025 is crazy. It'd be what 40 years old um, going out there. But he looked fine. I mean, that's the that's the part that, you know, like you said, when Kobe was going, you could tell. Like, I went to a game. They played the Wizards um, at home. I went to that game. Had to go to at least one of those final Kobe games. And uh, 
we got killed by the wizards but like you know what i mean <laughs> for so sure, for sure, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah so you kind of knew the deal that season and like kobe was out there chucking shots as he should have been you know uh not not one fan i had like hey what are you doing like no one said that no one said you know give the ball the deal nope. more nobody said that they're like you know we get the we get the deal john wall bradley bill took our took us to the woodshed but um but yeah like with this lebron looked fine i thought but the thing to me even it's the regular season it's getting through that hump it's right getting getting through that slog we're seeing guys in their prime being like yeah i'm gonna take off a month you know paul like, Kawhi. paul Kawhi's a special case but even paul george is missing a ton of time mm-hmm. in the regular season i talked to you offline about like maybe kevin Durant has to take some time like yep. these are guys like you know a lot you know a lot younger so i'm just interested in that and seeing like how that can sustain but i think lebron's gonna can go as long as his as he wants to and i and i'm with you i don't think it i don't think the end is next year I do think it was interesting to hear him talk about the end because I think that's yeah. the, like that's like the first time I've heard him say it in in such a like imminent place. Like he's talked about you know when I'm done I want to own a team and yada yada, but he's never talked about it to me like in terms of it being in an imminent situation. Which I, that's the part I thought was interesting for him. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like the the other thing is also like Anthony Davis's player option coincides exactly the same year that like LeBron's does, mm. and there are other players around the league who have free agency that ties in like the very same off season that he would potentially be retired from the league. So it's like from a business standpoint, if he's also deciding that he doesn't want to do it, like just tell if he'll, he'll tell the Lakers and, and whatnot what it is so that we can plan accordingly. But again, like if there's one thing this franchise knows how to do, we know how to roll out the red carpet for you. And yep. um, when, if, and when he decides to do it, uh, I think everybody will like be like everybody will know like you know you'll know what it is and there will be a lot of fanfare and pomp and all that sort of stuff when it comes to him because he is you know Deserving. arguably mm-hmm. the greatest greatest player of all time he's going to have a scoring record that's probably never going to get touched um, just because guys aren't playing for twenty plus years anymore they're load like you said they're load managing in year five so I can hardly imagine those players playing until you know year twenty um, so. But that, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the surgery, if he even gets it, if he needs to get it, all that sort of stuff. Lakers are physically recuperating. Um, But Laker fans have already moved on to the offseason. And they didn't waste any time uh, discussing who has to come back. You know, uh, while I was on vacation, um, I did see many, many tweets about solutions to how the Lakers can get back to the title. Um, And, again, I wrote something for Complex – and uh you know i just if you did god chance to read it, it's fine if not don't worry about it um but it's the, the gist of it was just you have to bring everybody back from an asset management standpoint and that's probably a good disclaimer to do before we go into the section from mm-hmm. an asset management standpoint the best thing that the lakers can do is bring everybody back at a reasonably priced extension or contract um obviously the reasonably priced part is very subjective, uh, depending on which fan you ask. Uh, and I'm sure you and I will get into that too as well. But from an asset management perspective, you want to bring everybody back because the Lakers are not in any position to let guys go and create enough cap space to be competitive against teams that have, you know, yep. that can trade for a player. So, like, so for the folks that are like, oh, I'd like to get Kyrie, and, and we'll get into those rumors too because there's a few names that have been floated out there. I'm like, bro, like, what are we doing? Like the Kyrie thing, we don't have $40 million to give him. And yep. Dallas is going to offer him $40 million. So we're not in a competitive space. Like he'd have to take an actual pay cut 
of like $10 million or maybe even 12 to $13 million to come to the Lakers. And so it's just, you have to, you have to try and bring back everybody you can at a reasonable cost. And, um, you know, we can, we can get into it now, you know, the, the off season is important. And I think the highest, the two highest priorities for the Lakers, the two first discussions that need to happen are Austin Reeves's extension and yep. Rui Hachimura's new contract. Um, we know with uh, Austin, for the folks that don't know, um, Austin Reeves is Gilbert Arenas provisioned. Uh, he is a Gilbert Arenas provision limited uh, player, which means that his first two years are limited to a certain amount of money, which is, let's just say $12 million. $12 million. Up. Yep. So his first two years can't be, he can't be, his salary cap can't be more than $12 million. The third and fourth year, if he does sign a, a deal, that's a four-year deal, <clears throat> can be up to whatever his max is. Um, which can go to an extraordinary number, like $30, $30 million a year. Um, so the overall total deal size that he can get uh, is very large, uh, depending on how it is. And so if there's a team out there that thinks he's worth $80 million, they can offer that to them. And when they sign him and if the Lakers decide to let him go, then it's, you know, let's just say it's even, it's 20, 20, 20 for four years. Uh, but for the Lakers, if they decide to match that contract, it would be 12 million, 12 million, then 80 minus 12 is, or sorry, 80 minus 24 is like 56. So you divide 56 by two and then split that for the final two years. That's how much. Right. So like the cap hit is a little bit different, but the Lakers have an advantage because those first two years are capped from how it hits our salary cap. But Austin Reeves, I think is the number one priority. He was the best guard for the Lakers, the entire playoffs. He's the only ball handling player, not named LeBron James that could not get played off the floor or have his inability to do something used against him. Dennis was probably yep. the second, I would say, because his defense was still very helpful in in, in both in all three series. Um, but Austin was our best card, which is insane hearing that for, for a second-year player. But he has to be addressed. Where where are you with Austin? The Lakers can offer him $51 million, but he's probably going to get more than that out, out on the open market. Do you yep. match every anything that he gets? What what is a what is your thoughts on that? I'm going to break news right now. Uh, you can quote Woj, you can quote Shams. Uh <laughs> Austin Reeves will be a Laker next year. Like I can, I can guarantee that at least. The other guys, yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have as much. You know more about the, you know, the cap, you know, stuff yeah. about that than me. But Austin, I can guarantee you will be back. His number, look, I, do I think some team's gonna throw a hundred million dollars at Austin Reeves? I don't. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think don't. a team is doing. People, people don't live in the real. Like these are real. This isn't two K. Like some GM has to go to their owner and be like, hey, yeah. I'm gonna throw a hundred million dollars at a guy who had. I loved Austin, and we watched him every day, so we have an even closer appreciation yeah. for what he's done. But like, I'm, that's not how NBA contracts yeah. work. Like, that's just not how things work. So I think he, like people are asking the ninety and hundred. I'd be shocked if he gets ninety I'd or hundred. I'd be shocked. I still think I would, you know, match that because you talked about not just the asset keeping as an asset of a contract, yeah. just like that's the type of guy you invest in. I mean, sure. I wish people. I think people understand how rare it is for like a second year undrafted guard to be your go-to offensive option. Like that, that's, it's not stuff that happens normally. And that, the stuff that, and the people who have that happen to, those are like one of the really, you know, those are all-stars later on. Like it's just, that's just the path that those guys go on. Go, like those game one against Memphis, um, the game sits against the Warriors, all the big shots throughout the series, even like 
I'm sad this will get lost, Benet, but he had a bunch of big shots against Denver. Like that oh, yeah. will get thrown, it'll get thrown out because they lost all those games. Yeah. But go back and watch game one through game four. Yeah. Every like big three that the Lakers needed, that was Austin Reeves hitting every single one of them step backs, um, off the, the dribble, off ball screens. Which one which one was it where Austin game was it game two or game three game where two. Austin hit hit two threes in mm-hmm. a row off of the ghost screen action with Braun and yep. LeBron? We were all very upset that Braun took the the ISO three over Murray. But you're oh, absolutely right, dude. Yes. Like game one against Memphis, he closes out Memphis. They just go to him every single play. Like Rui goes crazy off the bench. And then he just, it, it's just, he's had too many moments. Like he had the cross on Steph, the behind the back cross on Steph. And, and then I forgot what game that was. And it's just like, he's had too many moments this season or this, or this postseason where he's just kind of, and even in the regular season where he's just kind of been like our best player or our best guard on the floor. And so, yep. yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I do know for a fact um, that Jeannie loves him. Like Jeannie really likes him uh, because I think, you know, it's just, he's a, he's a young kid. You could tell he's like very like, I don't want to say naive because he's an adult. It's like talking about him like he's a little kid, but it's like, you see him. I don't know if you've seen his parents like sit in the crowd and stuff like that. They're yeah. very like regular people. They're very nice people. He's very well-spoken. He's a very nice guy. Like he's, he's, he's great. And he steps up. He's not afraid of the limelight. The Dallas exactly. thing, he'll get up in somebody's face if you're talking trash to him. Like, he doesn't back down. Um, it, it, I, I would imagine they match him. I, you know, Shell had a question here um, in the chat. He was asking, you know, like, does does uh, you know, does he get a deal? Does somebody offer him a deal in the 90 to $100 million range? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't think – I think that's too – I think there's a – I don't think there's any GM out there that's bold enough to make yeah. – to do that and be like – because you, once you pay somebody that much money, that average salary, that's like your feature guy. You're talking about a guy right. who's like your your second best player on the team, and I just don't I don't see a team doing that. Um, uh, so I, it, it's I, you know I, it is what it is. I I don't either. I I love that you brought up Genie, and like this isn't a huge part of it, but no matter where Genie goes in an interview, she gets asked about Alex Caruso. And the Alex Caruso tax on this is, is yeah. a real thing. That's a legit the ghost, the specter of Alex Caruso, <laughs> the ghost specter, the tax, you know what I mean? Like that's something that's definitely a part of this. And you brought, you know, his, like his likability, his, his marketability and all that. He's having billboards in LA now, but the, I think the playoff, you know, that's why I like that this season, Renee was really close to us again, having very little answers. If we yeah. just, if Minnesota game playing game, we lose that. Do we go, do we win against OKC? Maybe. But like if we were out in the playing game, even as good as a season Austin had, as much as Rui stepped up in the regular season, as good of a however many games D'Lo played, like you'd still have very, you wouldn't have very many answers to me. And I feel like that was the great part of the playoffs. Was like, oh, Austin's uh, not just good; he's like legit good. He's like we can pick on matchups in the playoffs. Good, like that. That level of good is something you only know um, when you get to a postseason. So absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna break it here, Renee. On Lakers detailed, uh, <laughs> Austin Reeves will be a Los Angeles Laker next year. Um, you can, you know, quote me on that. You can kill me if, if you know, if that doesn't happen. But I, I'll uh, guarantee that uh, at this point. Yeah, I, from from what I've heard, I feel pretty good about his chances too, as well. It's yeah. it's it's for the folks that I know. I'm not connected, but folks that I know that are connected, that's been that's been the general. It's been the same. It's been a pretty consistent buzz. All season, even when we had yep. Russ on the team before he got like they they even internally really like him. He's a sponge. Braun likes him. AD likes him. 
you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, so yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that we, I don't think there's really a walkaway point for, for the Lakers when it comes to it, but I'm sure they'll be reasonable. I, I don't think Austin is walking into that negotiation saying, give me a hundred million dollars off rip. Like, I think he's probably like, this is what I'd like. What can you get? Yeah. You know, what can you guys get me? And so like, we'll see. Um, so that brings us to Rui, uh, who was up and not, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he was up and down. I would say like we, he was probably like inconsistently utilized because he's still unknown mm-hmm. commodity for Darvin Ham. Um, comes into the playoffs, completely bursts onto the scene. He's part of some of our most effective lineups in the entire playoffs consistently. Um, and, and, you know, his, his, his scoring off the bench was huge. Uh, but his number, you know, it's been reported that there might be an upper ceiling, an upper limit on, on what his number might end up being. That number's come mm-hmm. out to about 20 million. I know from what I've heard um, that the number that he was offered by the Wizards was about 12 million, like the, the, tax, the yeah. non-taxpayer MLE, which is kind of low, uh, I would say, for a guy his size, his skill set rebounding like is not like the greatest defender but he's a burly defender so you can play him on a on a you know we played him on jerry jackson jr we played him on Jokic at times and, and played anthony davis off of him um we also were able to play him at center against draymond or or against <clears throat> looney at times and whatnot um he stepped up in many ways yeah uh, and was doing whatever the lakers asked him to do guard guys that he had no business guarding um and to, to make things work um I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the twenty million dollar walkaway number. I don't think it should be as hard fast as that, um, especially considering some of these other guys we may not be on the roster um, with him at that number. But yeah. I think somewhere around like, if he turned down twelve million, like I think somewhere around like if you can get him somewhere between fifteen and eighteen or sixteen and eighteen million, I think that's a really nice number to get him at. Like I wouldn't be surprised if him and Austin got very very similar deals to each other like austin got like yeah you know like the 15 million a year and Rui got like maybe 16 or 18 million a year what do you what do you think about that number yeah it's interesting i think Rui is fascinating because he's also already got his second contract right like i believe he yeah. already got his second contract with um with washington i forgot i forgot what the I'll, exact I'll double number. check yeah, as you're talking yeah yeah um but yeah like so his number is interesting to me i think he's definitely the second priority Here's what I was looking at, Vinay. So, again, I'm going to reference that tweet that I talked about, like, who's the next Andrew Wiggins? Who's the next Aaron Gordon? And Rui Hachimura, obviously, Laker fans flooded Rui gifts into that tweet. But, like, I, I think Rui is a legit answer there. Here's Aaron Gordon's contract, by the way. I don't think people realize. Four-year 92 extension with Denver. Four years 92. That's 23 a year. Yeah. Th- that's the which cost. Was, which was considered, at, at the time, some people thought that was an overpay for him. Like, right. for a guy, limited limited shooter, Clearly, like a Al Farouk Aminu type of guy that mm-hmm. defends, you know, and versatile defender and rebounder. But go ahead, yeah. Right, right. And so that, but to me, that's like the cost, right? And look, the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, four years, hundred and nine million extension, right? So like, to me, that's the cost of what these guys are. Now, I'm not saying Rui's as good as them. He might not be. Like, he might not be as versatile as Aaron Gordon defensively. Might mm-hmm. not have the bet. Aaron Go- uh, Andrew Wiggins has a little bit more fluidity in his offensive game in terms of being able to hit floaters and stuff. Whatever. This is the cost of what big scoring versatile wings is. This is what they cost in the NBA to me. So, like, I know 20 million might be their bar, but like you said, the Lakers don't gain anything by penny pinching Rui Hachimura or you know like you know what I mean like they don't they don't gain anything with that um so like to me I think he's another guy you have to kind of bring back and I want to see him in a full training camp he's a guy that I want to see 
given a little bit more light. You know, he you know he got benched. He was off the bench in some situations, and they finally started him at the end of the Denver series, which I think both of us wanted a little bit earlier. But yep. um, but yeah, like, and I think he's a guy that likes the situation. I think he loves LA as um, as someone pointed as uh, Shell pointed out in the chat here, and uh, I think he likes working with Phil Handy and all that stuff. Yep. Kind of goes out the window when contract negotiations come up, but. I think he does like here. I think that's an advantage. And another guy that showed, like, I don't like if you're not going to guard me, I'm going to be aggressive. I can score. Right. I can shoot. I can also defend. I can rim protect. And those like two way dudes, they're expensive. Like I just gave the numbers: twenty three million for Aaron Gordon, four year, one hundred and nine for Andrew Wiggins, whatever that is. Yeah. Like, that's it's like over it's over twenty five a year. That's yeah. that's the cost of what these guys cost. So um, yeah, but what do, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I, I agree with you in terms of the importance of the player. Um, I think they didn't know what they really had with Rui until the playoffs. And yeah. when he kind of came out and he was super aggressive scoring-wise, because he was aggressive in a way that, like, he wasn't even aggressive in the regular season. Like, he just came out guns blazing. Game one, he puts up 29, like, immediately. He says, okay, if you're going to leave me wide. And it wasn't even, like, the first half. He did it in the second half. He's like, all right, if you're going to leave me wide open – I'm just going to shoot this ball every single time. And we know that he passes up threes to take like those mid-range long twos and stuff like that. Cause that's, it, that's what he likes to do. Um, I think him and Austin, the reason why they stood out also aside from them being productive players is because they were fantastic in the very area that we, that in the playoffs you have to be great at, which was the yep. mid-range and the Lakers don't have mid-range shooters um, like that. And uh, in theory, we have some guys, but, um, you know, they really stood out and, and and Rui was one of those guys that stood out. There's another layer to this that I think people aren't discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually rolls directly into this thing with LeBron, where if you and I are guessing or if, if I'm guessing correctly and LeBron is trying to tell the Lakers that you need to have a good enough team that can survive me not playing until maybe December or January, mm-hmm. Rui functions as as insurance for LeBron at least on the offensive and rebounding side. Um, and if LeBron's going to miss games, you know, if he's got to take 10 games off because his body's taxed or whatever it is, like Rui is a natural. And we've talked about this many times, even in the series previews that we did in the, yep. in the, in the postseason, Rui is a natural sub for LeBron for the role that you have LeBron play when you already have a traditional point guard on the roster. And you know, we had D'Lo at the time. So, if you're going to have like you have to if you're if you think of him in that manner when lebron goes out we need to have somebody who can score and keep the scoring afloat then Rui makes a lot of sense and you know i, I remember we had a conversation and i asked you you know we discussed comps everybody says his mm-hmm. comp is Kawhi. i and you know i said there's some stuff like his shot stylistically yeah, yeah just stylistically, like, like his, his shot preference is like Kawhi, but te- he's not technically sound the way Kawhi is offensively but no. like some of his game reminds me of Tobias Harris. And mm. I keep thinking to yeah. myself that if we had Tobias Harris on this team, he would be a natural sub for LeBron. You know, like the, the post-up isolations he does, he spaces out the floor, shoots threes. You know, Rui's three was actually a surprise. And so my thing is like, this is not just an extension conversation for Rui. And um, I think uh, Jordan mentioned it in the chat. Like this is actually his second contract. So this is like the first important mm-hmm. one that he's getting um he's coming off of his rookie sale contract obviously he's going to try to get as much money as he possibly can and i think the lakers have full intention of keeping him um landing him at 15 16 or any that's 16 to 20 20 million dollar range i think that's fine especially if you think consider him as that insurance for for lebron 
but you know, at least we know he can come in and he can score from everywhere. So we can at least we have a guy that we can rely on. Kuz was that guy for the Lakers before we let him mm-hmm. go. When LeBron sat out games, Kuz would just come in guns blazing. He just shoot out, shoot, shoot everywhere. And I think that role works for Rui. That's the second layer that I think that the fans should consider, that the front office should consider. And I think that's important. And the third layer, I was about to say, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. The third, the third thing I would consider, which I, I told to you offline, is, is an obstacle, I think, is you have to pay him if you want him to come off the bench. You can't not pay him. Mm, yeah. And then you, you get what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was okay because Vando and him are on rookie scale deals. And you could bring Rui off the bench. But as soon as you pay Rui, let's say let's say he's, he's, he's like very gracious about a $15 million a year deal. That's a home run for the Lakers if we can get him at $15 million. You have to start him. Or you have to pay him to come off the bench and be mm-hmm. like your sixth starter, right? Like the Clippers did this with Marcus Morris uh, for a while before he, he was inserted in. Like you can't just – like you, you can't be like, oh, I'm, I don't want to pay you. And I don't want you to start so you can build more value for yourself. Like this is the coups thing all over again. Um, and so they have to, they have to, if you think about those three things, it makes sense to, to pay him. He's, he's right. good insurance for LeBron. If he's willing to come off the bench, even at that number and, and be like the guy that leads us, look, I, just pay him, bring him back. We know he can play in the playoffs. That, 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 yeah. that matters. Yeah. I think, I think he can start. I, my only pushback with the bench thing is that, it's. It, I, I'm glad you brought up Kuz because the exact same situation. Kuz was exact asked same. about this. He, he's like, why, "Why aren't you?" He's like, "Why aren't you start?" And he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm playing behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis." You know right. what I mean? So I think Rui would kind of understand that. But I get your point. I remember he got he got benched in the one game I go to. He got benched in that Chicago <laughs> game, yeah. and I'm like, "Where's Rui Hachimura?" And they're playing Lonnie Walker at small forward. But um, but yeah, like so. Uh, and I remember he talked about. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not sure why I got benched, but <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess it was to teach me a lesson." So I'm sure like that type of stuff sits with him. But I love that you brought the LeBron, you know, insurance thing because in the Denver series, again, no one's gonna care anymore because we lost 4-0. But uh we put Rui on Jokic. That was mm-hmm. that was like the story game one, which Mike Malone was pissed off about. But the reason it was the story because it worked. Like it that, worked. That, that's, yeah, that's, it, it was working. Yeah. The Lakers just could not score. That was the problem in that series. But um, yeah, like instead of LeBron on Jokic, they went Rui on Jokic, right? To yeah. give LeBron a little bit of a physical break there. And I, I just love that versatility with them. I think LeBron, AD, and Rui, like there's some jump shooting concerns to me with that as a starting three. Your guards better be knockdown guys or, you know, you need a lot to kind of, you need some to make up for that. But um, I, I think, you know, uh, George put in the chat that he's a psychopath. A lot of guys to me, like you can tell some shy away from the lights and some of them embrace them. And he's another guy just like Austin. Those two, it's why we're talking about both of them right here. They absolutely embrace the lights. Both of them did. And I think that's important. I think in the playoffs, that's it's extremely important. Miami's about to, and Cody Martin's actually not a free agent, but like Cody Martin, you see him like just absolutely embrace, you know, the lights. And I think finding players that do that and you don't know those answers until the playoffs. You you just don't. You you have you you have some idea in the regular season. The the NBA just does not have enough marquee regular season games anymore to where you can find that out about players and i think in the playoffs it really shows so again 15 million 20 million i think like you're you're not splitting hairs it's million dollar hairs there but like i still think like if that's his cab I, i'm comfortable with that i think Rui's he's also 25 years old and like he's young 
I, I think he's younger than Kuzma, or is he as old as Kuzma? I'm, I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, and Kuz is about to get like a thirty million dollar deal. If you're just gonna compare those two, like he's about to get um, a bag from Washington or, or whoever. You know, I think Washington's yeah. like him. But... And, and and they weren't a good team, so Kuz knew I just gotta go put up points and put up my stats, and so that yeah. way I can ask for the salary. And so it's like, without revealing too much behind the scenes information like that was the motivation behind who's the the trade you know like it was mm -hmm. part of the motivation of why we we traded kcp like i know a lot of people are like russ was a terrible trade and for sure it was the basketball fit didn't work and stuff like that but there was a part of that a unspoken part of that trade the lakers knew that they had gotten kcp and Kuz on very favorable deals after they won the championship but both kcp and Kuz both knew that they didn't want to continue playing for Lakers if the Lakers weren't going to pay them. And they wanted to go to places where they could get opportunities to do that. Kuz very specifically, like that was, he was, he was stuck. He was never going to get more than 20 million from the Lakers because he was always going to be playing behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. His stats were never going to justify it. So he had mm -hmm. to go somewhere else. He goes to Washington, balls out. Now he's even more, you know, he's, yep. he's looked at like as like this core guy, that can be a cornerstone. Like I don't, I don't necessarily agree that he is, but they, they they see him like that. You know, some folks may see him like that in Washington. So it's that kind of stuff matters. Like the business 100%. of basketball matters. You, the, I'm not saying teams go out of their way to suppress the value of the player, but like when you're in a contract negotiation, what's stopping Rob Polinka from saying, "Well, you only average like nine points a game or twelve points a game. Why should I pay you thirty million dollars off of potential in case LeBron gets hurt?" But in this situation, the Lakers should consider that because, like, Ron may get hurt or he may not be able to yeah. come back. Not just that, like, again, it's so funny because Kuz and Rui kind of started on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? right. They Like, Kuz started on the, the situation that Rui's in now. So he doesn't know anybody. He's like, yeah, let me go average my 20 a game. And he did that. Congrats to him. Average a 20 of the game. Efficiency, we can talk about that somewhere else. But, like... <laughs> Average is 20 a game, and he's about to get the bag from Washington, who's about to pay Porzingis as well. I don't know what they're doing over there, but whatever. He's about to get his yeah. money. But I'm sure Rui's like, I was there. Like, that was miserable. Like, I, yeah. there's a new high draft pick every year. Sometimes they draft my own position, which, you know what you know doesn't what I mean? Doesn't make any like, sense, yeah. Doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. I'm getting a few shots a game. I still average 15, and they still won't pay me. Yeah. And we're losing every game. Like, right. you know, like, and so, like, I'm sure – and I'm not saying Rui's going to take pay cuts or anything. I'm just like, he was in that situation. And I don't think like him smiling every single time is an accident. Like, right. I think he really enjoys, you know, like being on a winning situation, being a part of a team that had a chance to win. So I think those are just fascinating comparisons. And like, I look at Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota. I look at Aaron Gordon in Orlando and I look at Rui Hachimura in Washington. I think those are very, those are case by case where they're different players, but I think those situations match. And um, I'm not comparing him to those guys. It's just like, I, I think you put a guy in a new situation that they're more acceptable to stay under more favorable contracts. At the time, Absolutely. I think. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I'm not going to confirm, I'm not going to guarantee Rui Hachimura is back like Austin sure. Reeves, but I, I would be, uh, let me, uh, would you be shocked if Rui's, I would be shocked if Rui's gone. Like, I don't think they're going to be very shocked. Very they're not going, yeah. Like, I don't think he's tradable anyway because he would be signed in, in, um, in the, in off season. But like, I just, I, I would be shocked if Rui Hachimura is not a Laker next year yeah. i think i would I, that would be surprising to me for sure yeah like if i'm like 100 sure austin's coming back i'd be like 
90% sure, 95% yeah. sure Rui would be back um, mm -hmm. too with the Lakers, but who knows? Um, so continuing on, those two guys are our big priorities. Uh, the next guy we have was also a big fan favorite. Uh, people didn't realize how good he was. You and I were on top of it early, uh, and I was extremely happy. He was the guy that I was most happy to get in the trade that we got him, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Obviously, in the mm. playoffs, his offensive limitations um, hurt the Lakers. Uh, it's not something that's new. It's not something specific to the Lakers. It was also an issue with Minnesota. Before the regular season, he was phenomenal. Defensively, mm. chasing guys around. You know, We had him tag Steph in the regular season game. Um, he is very clearly a defensive specialist that um, can rebound. You know, and he, he cuts, he does all that hustle stuff. So you have to deploy him in that manner. Um, Lakers mm -hmm. use him in more of a general consistent rotation fashion. Again, I think Ham was trying to figure it out because he didn't know what he was going to get out of some of these guys in certain situations yeah. and then just tried to play whatever the best hand was. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt got benched uh, like towards the end of the Warriors series. Uh, and then, you know, the shifting priorities, like they went with the small lineup in game one and then went back to Vanderbilt and, like mm -hmm. I said, all those games, it's a 4-0 sweep, but if you didn't watch the series, you wouldn't realize how close all those games really were all the way through. But guaranteeing Vanderbilt's contract, very minuscule, about $5 million round. Yeah. Um, he is a durable player. He's willing to do the dirty work. He's willing to do the stuff that LeBron and Anthony Davis physically just don't have the energy to do on top of what other current responsibilities are. Um, they have to bring him back. How he gets used, whether he's a starter a defensive specialist off the bench. He is a wing size player that will do wing size defense and can defend wing size guys. Not the big burly dudes, but more like the, you know, um, uh, agility, you know, off, very Wings. agile players mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And he's actually pretty good at chasing around certain, you know, even smaller guards and, and whatnot. Very disciplined. Did a great job on jaw for, for a good stretch of um, those games. Um, they need to bring him back. If nothing yep. else to preserve the bodies in the regular season. I don't think there should be any confusion about that. I don't like the way we sometimes talk about some of these players, you know, because like we just throw away everything they did. They're like, I hear some people like, oh, Jerry Vanderbilt should come back with a jump shot. Do you know how expensive Jerry Vanderbilt would be with a jump? <laughs> like, he's not on your team with like yeah. a jump shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it'd be like it'd be nice if he can hit a left corner three once in a while. I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, those players are extremely expensive. There's a reason he makes five million a year, and I think he's still underpaid with that. But those guys are not only important for the regular season. I think his just like the mentality that he brings, the playing hard, the culture kind of setter of I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna pick up full court. That stuff is important to me. And like that that type of stuff, we threw him on like we threw him on Steph, we threw him on John Morant for a whole series, basically. Um, our you know, our adjustment in the Warrior series was throwing him on Draymond yeah. so that yeah. like you know the the pick and roll, um, the pick and roll was easier to defend. Like this type of stuff are important. I thought Jeremy Manderbilt was a big part of why we're as far as we were. LeBron missed the final, you know, month of that season uh, of the mm -hmm. of the of the regular season, and uh, he was a big part of that. So no, I, like I think it's no question. I'm not sure if he'll get like package. I'm not like I I don't know how if how you never know in free agency what things open up. So if his salary has to be ballast to be thrown, but it's also so small of like um, it's so small of like a contract that I don't think he'll be thrown he'll be thrown in. But yeah, I hope he's back next season. I I think he's a guy that can come off the bench that can start um and and play a bunch of different variety of roles for the team 
He's not an offensive player. Like that's that's clear. Like he's not a guy Very that's clear. gonna, you know, yeah. he's not gonna he shouldn't be. I think he has some passing skills though, like that can be used a little bit. I think mm -hmm. he's a better passer than people think. He can't finish at the rim at all. That's something that he that, needs to yeah, that was very bizarre to see. Like it, it, I, I thought he started off the with us, he started off really good. Like he was dunking, finishing plays, finishing layups. And then like as the season went on, he got like worse and worse at it. And I was just like, what is going on? Like it's very bizarre yeah. to see it. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. So like I, that, I think like the finishing maybe he has to work on at least the left hand finishing, right? Finish with your strong hand at least yeah. at the rim, and he bobbled a lot of passes. That's something he can get better at. I don't think next season he's gonna come in and drill shots. Like don't expect yeah. Vanderbilt to come back with a catch. He's like two months to train before the playoff, like before the next season starts. You know, don't expect him to come back with like a regular season jump shot. But I think he's just a really helpful player, especially in the regular season where motor matters and all that stuff. Like he's he's a uh, um I think he'll he'll really help there. So. I, Again, I I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone, but I think like more than likely he's another guy that they're just like he was a good 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 guy in the locker room, good plays hard as hell, and is really good on defense. Like let's bring him back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, so continuing onwards, so we've gotten through Austin, Rui, Jared. So now we're gonna get into the very tricky territory of you know oh, we man. we have to sort of have uncomfortable conversations. So. We know who the most uncomfortable conversation is going to be about, um, or not uncomfortable, but you know, like the volatile conversation. So I'm, I'm going to save him for last. Um, mm. But there are two players that we have on the roster: Malik Beasley, who basically, you know, after the Memphis series, never saw the never saw the floor really much after he got mm -hmm. benched. And Mo Bamba, who we didn't see at all in the playoffs with a mysterious ankle injury, was supposedly supposed to be available for Game Four, but Tristan Thompson somehow got the reps in Game Four. And again, when we did the season preview, I think against Memphis, I said, look, they didn't sign Tristan for no reason. Like, he's going to see the floor like, right. at some point. And, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, and he did actually give us good minutes. Played in well. Game four, yeah. um, uh, towards the, I think towards the end of the half. And a nice stretch of physicality um, from him. I did see some tweets hit my timeline say that Tristan's playing with more, more – uh, Oh no! More defensive aggression than AD was in Game Four. I was like, mm, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but you know, Malik and Mo have player options, or they're they're unguaranteed contracts. They're not player options, mm -hmm. so we can waive them to no cost to us. Um, I have said that um, in my write up that we should keep them if we don't have any reason to waive them, right? Yeah, and you know, like in. And, and the main reason why is they can still be useful either as asset management-wise, they can trade them uh, to, to bring somebody back. People have floated trades where, you know, Malik's an expiring or Mo is an expiring, and, you know, they're attaching picks to, to, to you know, bring in another player. The other thing also is we need able bodies for a regular season. So yes. even if you don't have a trade lined up for them, for whatever reason, like they're still guys that can be, that can contribute to the, in the regular season. Malik can go out there and, shoot like he's not completely unplayable it's just in the playoffs because of his defense it was difficult mo had some really nice moments like uh, i remember against the okc game on the road he had a really good game he drilled a bunch of threes for us um we haven't really seen much of him to be able mm -hmm. to say we shouldn't bring him back and again like 16 million from Malik, not really that bad of a number um especially since he's expiring i think 11 million for mo that's really not a bad yep. number um for somebody at like that so i'm of the mind that we should just guarantee them if for yep. at the bare minimum to use them as at us you, you agree on that oh yeah 100 also like again malik was awful in the playoffs he also just could not hit a shot he couldn't do the one thing he's paid to do yeah. but I, I love the point that you made need bodies in the regular season these are yes. definitely regular season guys 
again, just look back the previous season, the difference between a minimum signing player and then like a guy like Malik Beasley who's making 12, 13 million dollars, uh, 16 million. Obama makes 11 million per year. Those are guys that are just not on a minimum deals. Um, and that can help you. Uh, maybe Malik's not a playoff player. That's fine. Mo Bamba, I'm so interested. Like we traded Patrick Beverly in like three second round picks for was it three or was it five? I don't remember how many it was for Mo Bamba. It was a multiple. It was a multitude amount. I don't. Of, I don't second. think we trade. Do we trade any second rounders for him? Thought, I don't think we, we trade any second rounders for him. We did. We got we second rounders. Uh, in so what happened in the was, Thomas Bryant deal, right? We got yeah. second rounders. Yeah. And we sent so those. Happened, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, sir. Uh, no, no, I was going to ask you. We sent those to Orlando, did we not? When I don't think we sent so, any second. I'll have to double no? check, but I don't, I don't yeah, remember okay. us sending. Yeah. In any case, we, we traded our starting shooting guard yeah. for, uh, for for Mo Bamba at the, yeah. at the time, and he just got a high ankle sprain, I believe, that uh, took him out. But I think it's an interesting prospect. I don't know what he is. Um, I think that's been the most online trade that's been put out. I've seen that trade pull in way too variety of players, but... um. <laughs> a super wide range that has cast for that, that package. It's the new, what was the package that everyone's floating THT? And uh, I forgot there's one more guy involved in that. I forgot who it was, um, but it was like THT and one more person for David, and a first round. Yes, yes, yes. THT and David Jones um, for, you know, and that's like the new thing. It's Beasley and Bomba plus whatever second rounders you want to throw in there, the 46th pick to go get um, another guy. So, like if they package those two and go get a guy, I'm not mad. If they bring them back, I'm not upset either. I do think we need a center for next season. I think I've told you this as well. I do think we need some type of big man that um that can play off of maybe play with AD or be our backup center. So LeBron doesn't have to be the backup center or Rui doesn't have to be. But those guys are regular season dudes. We'll see what Bamba is. I think he's still kind of raw. Uh, he's a you know pick and pop big. Beasley's just a shooter. He's either on or he isn't. Like he's just yeah, he's either hot or he's he's not. And I think you'll have movement games in the shooter, regular... relocation shooter, that that sort of spread offense role. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And look, he's probably not going to start anymore. Like he started a ton of games for us. He's probably going to come off the bench. But that's useful. Like a knockdown guy who people guard. Teams mm-hmm. still teams still chase out on Malik Beasley, and that's a skill um, that you know, and that's the type of gravity that he brings. I think is is necessary. Is it a little overpaid for sixteen? Maybe. But like, yeah, those guys you're not getting for four or five million. That's just not how the league works. You're not getting Malik Beasley for like the minimum signing. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's well, like the, it's like the Luke Kennard deal that the Clippers mm. gave. They gave him 16 million a year and he would almost never see the floor. Like he was not even like the fourth most important guard on that roster while that team was good. And like, he would not even get played in the playoffs. And yep. like even Memphis, they only played him because like they had so many guys get hurt, you know, or, yep. or be unable to, to help. Um, so it's just like, again, shooters get Duncan Robinson plays like is completely out of the rotation. Tyler Harrell gets hurt. They're getting nothing out of some of these other guys that they have. They throw him out there. He just lights it up, you know, cause teams don't haven't seen him in like 80 games cause he hasn't played. And he ends up being a hero in that, in that boss. He's cutting yep. on Al Horford or something like that. hitting cutting layups and stuff like that in game seven. So it's like, you never know. What it is, right. but you have to try and keep these guys. So, so um, I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. But before we move on, really, let me ask you this: I, I don't want them to trade 17, but just hypothetically, let's say that's on the table. What's the scope of a player you think would come back in a Beasley Bomba 17? What's what's your NBA is tough. You don't know what teams players markets are, but like to you, does that get you back enough of a rotation? Let me, let me ask this better: Does that get you back enough of a rotational piece to where you would even shop that? 
like or or we just like you know i'm keeping the 17th pick we're gonna go with that we're gonna try to package bomba and beasley with some seconds or or whatever or like to you is that even worth looking at in the market is that something you think that would even be fruitful for the team so i i you know the, the thing is that you the only way that pick is helpful is is if it goes to a team that needs the extra first rounder to for a larger trade to like mm. another trade so like i'll give you an example right like um let's say we pick up but we, we guarantee both of their deals right and uh we go to brooklyn and we know that brooklyn wants like dame or they want some other guy because they love mikhail bridges and they, they love they love what they have like you can take malik i haven't looked at their salary so the salaries may not even work but you can take malik's salary and offer to take like a bad salary or like a long term longer term salary back because they don't want that player like maybe it's dorian finney smith maybe it's royce o'neill you know like something like that mm -hmm. and you offer that first so they can use that first for whatever they want they get an expiring and we get back like a guy like Royce, you know, because they don't just, they just don't need him. You know what I mean? Like they, they're going to mm -hmm. have Michael, they're going to have, they're going to pick cam. They're going to use that pick to trade for Siakam or Dame or something like that. So it's like, they don't have the minutes to allocate for all those guys to begin with and to pay. Like that's the only way I could see that deal bringing back an impact guy. I've seen that, that pick float be floated for miles Turner. I've seen that pick be floated for buddy healed and like, well, we might as well get to it because we're talking about Mo, but it's just like this fixation that Lakers fans have with Miles Turner is insane. <laughs> and I, I don't think – and even in the heels of this, like even in the heels of this Denver series, like they're like, oh, you have to get Miles Turner now because Jokic torched AD. Like, okay, I understand that. I understand that point of what you're saying. But why does it have to be Miles Turner? Why does it always have to be that guy specifically every single time? The Lakers, I was looking it up while we were discussing it. Um, the Lakers had the number four. And if you, some of these other teams, they, they lost in the early rounds, so they, they wouldn't mm. even really count. But they basically had the number one, more or less, number one or number two half-court defense in the NBA. Uh, it, it, for, for the playoffs. So the number one was Chicago. They got bounced early. New York mm -hmm. was the second team. They got bounced early. Cleveland got bounced early. So the Lakers, and, and then it's the Lakers. And then after that, it's Golden State. So the Lakers actually had the number of the teams that made it past, you know, into the later rounds. They had pretty much the number one half-court defense in the league. Why are we getting a guy that's adding to what's already a strength of Leon? And I get what people are saying. Oh, well, now AD can play off the ball and Miles Turner can guard Jokic straight up and blah, blah, blah. But we got annihilated in transition defense. You're adding yeah. another big dude to a team that's already kind of slow in transition defense. So now you're going to ask AD, LeBron, Miles Turner to all get back on defense fast enough so that, you know, like a team, you know, like Bruce Brown doesn't go coast to coast on us. You know what I mean? Like, and so for me, Every time I see that floated, first of all, I don't think Miles Turner even wants to come here. From what I've been told, him and Tyrese Halliburton are like best friends. Like they want to play with each other. <laughs> and so Indiana's like, we're not trading them anyways. But my thing is like, if we're going to use that pick, why not use it for somebody who's going to like maybe compliment Austin better if he's going to be a starter for us in the backcourt? You know what I mean? Like if, if Dilo's mm -hmm. not the guy that we go with, maybe we see if we can find like a defense. Like I would rather, if it's possible, if he's available, I'd rather send that first to, for DeJounte Murray, much better defense defensive player. 
than D'Lo is. He can get to the rim. He's very fast. He's very, you know, very versatile. Like, I'd rather use you for a guy like that than Buddy Heald and and Miles Turner. Like, yeah. this, this, I, this fascination that people have with him specifically, it just it drives me crazy. I've told this to you all yeah. like, yeah. I don't know what people are watching like to, to come to that conclusion. Yeah, I guess like like I, I like Miles Turner as a player. I think he's fine. I think I think he's overrated as a shooter. I think he's a pretty good shot blocker. I think he'd be a fine center. I don't love the. I think LeBron, AD, and Turner is huge. To me though, Miles Turner just got a two-year, sixty million dollar extension right. by Indiana. You know what I mean? They're not giving you for him for Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba, and a first-round pick. Like, just, right. just not how it works. You're not getting Miles Turner for that. Um, and again, the, the last summer conversations, I'm sure maybe we'll continue this year. I just, I don't think that's where they go. And I also don't want to put all our resources into another center. Like, I don't, like to me, that's not where you should go. I think we have other holes to fill. I, I would like a center to be picked up. I don't think you have to go pay one $30 million uh, to have a $30 million center on your book. So I agree with you. I do think they'll look at Buddy Heald. I don't think they'll give a first round pick for Buddy Heald. And that's where like, that's the line to me. I'm like, right. where? Where's the line there? And that's where I, I come back to. I'd rather just keep the pick. I want to keep number 17. Yes, um, I agree. I, and I don't know when the next time we'll have a first-round pick, right? 2024 or 2025 is the Pelicans. They get to choose. Yeah, they get to choose, I believe, For whether to have it yeah. next year or or the following year. So give the scouts the number 17. Reward them. They've been so good with, with their selections. They've been picking out of the undrafted pool, the late seconds, you know. And and so it would be nice to just give them a first-round pick. And I think there's a lot of players there that, that can help. So that's what I was wondering because I, I just don't think there's anything out there that you're getting. 17 isn't like the number seven pick, you know, like that. Maybe right. you're in a little bit more conversations with that, even or, or higher, or you're in like the lottery situation. But 17, that doesn't in, inspire very much trade wise. Um, right. I agree. So, yeah. And especially it, with the players going out. So, yeah, I, I really only see the 17 as like a volume, like a team that just wants the extra pick because they are, they're in a completely different space that they, they want to go towards. So, I'm, I'm, I'm with you also. I don't want to trade the 17th pick for a guy like Miles Turner or Buddy Hill. Like, I would rather, I would please, if you're going to trade the first rounder, trade it for a guy that you want. If LeBron tells you tomorrow that you're not, he's not going to be on the team, like he's retired. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't trade your first rounders anymore for the sake of trading your first rounders. That, that's the best way I could describe it. Like I thought we did a very good job not giving up anything for Rui. Like that deal kind of fell into our lap from what I've been told. Um, and like even the trade for Mo, like trading Pat for Mo, like that's a mm -hmm. great deal, even though we didn't get very much out of Mo in the playoffs. Those are still very good deals. The rush trade is still a very good deal, even if we let D'Lo walk, because Vando is a quality player. Like he did, probably doesn't get you a first rounder on the market, but he probably gets mm -hmm. you like a cut, you know, two or three second rounders from a team that, that uses him as a defensive specialist. So it's like, no more, please. Like, like I want to give LeBron and AD the best chance to be successful, but I'm not sure trading the first for very marginal improvements from guys that are like, like for me, the way I see it is Miles Turner, like Miles Turner would be a starting center because you have to start him at this point once yep. you trade for him. But the other thing also is, you have to justify his offensive, like his offensive, like him just standing at the three point line. Doesn't it? I don't, it's, it's not making people change the way that they defend. Like, because it's the same thing that we ran into before with Avery Bradley, right? Avery was a great defensive player, but teams also know he's only going to shoot the ball like maybe six times at the very most at the game in a game. So it's like Miles would have to be hitting, have to be attempting at least 10 threes a game, like a Buddy Hill number for me to make, for it to make sense for us to trade for a guy like that. Cause that means that we're feeding him looks we're setting him up. We're running offense to get him open looks. And if we're not doing that and we're not right. tailoring our offense to do that, which we're not, 
because LeBron and AD are still going to be on this team. Like, yep. then that doesn't make sense to do. Um, right. And so it's just, that's and my then, rant on Miles Turner. Like, I, I no. just, I'm just tired of it. No. Indiana <laughs> doesn't want to trade with us. They don't like us. They hate no. us for what we what, for tampering with Paul George. Like, they're never going to trade with us. And I mm. think Kevin Pritchard, the guy who used to work for Portland way back in the day when we were beating the crap out of Portland with, with Shaq and Kobe, like, he's the guy, he's one of the guys that's, I think, over in Indiana, like one of the executives there. He doesn't like us. Like, they're not going to trade yeah. to us. They're not going to give us a favorable deal. So just don't no. even bother. No, no, for sure. Like, I, yeah. I would be interested in a Beasley healed swap. I think healed is better that's than fine. Beasley. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's, a, that's a swap I would be interested in. Maybe for a second. I wouldn't trade 17 for that. I wouldn't give your 17th pick yeah. in that deal. Um, also, we got to stop the sign and trade D'Lo and the 17th for Kyrie Irving. We got to stop. <laughs> we got we to gotta stop. We got to stop that. That's just that. That's just not based in any real situation. It's not happening. Like we, we gotta stop that. Like, I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie, look, any version of Kyrie coming to the Lakers would involve him being signed and traded to the Lakers, which would hard cap us. Which, and us, we know Kyrie's not taking a discount to come play with LeBron. He doesn't. I don't care about their handshakes. He like Kyrie knows that this is probably going to be his last contract extension ever after all the drama that he's gone through in the past couple of years. Like. He's going to ask for forty million, and if we get hard capped because we want this, it's not possible. That means that Anthony Davis or LeBron James are not on our team. Also, in no, order, no, no, no. Also, forget all that. If Dallas trades Kyrie Irving for D'Angelo Russell, Luca <laughs> will walk out the door tomorrow. Okay, like please stop this. Like if if they trade, because that's the only guy available for this. If D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving swap, I don't care if you throw the seventeenth pick Crazy. in there. I don't think care if you throw yeah. whatever in there. Dallas Luca will walk out the door tomorrow. So that's not we got we gotta stop this. If Kyrie comes to Lakers, it's on some ridiculous discount that he took, or you know, like it's it's some super strange out of left field and it's Kyrie Irving, so you can never throw everything out the window. But please stop those sign and trades. Dallas is not giving you Kyrie Irving for D'Angelo Russell in the 17th pick. Like we we, we gotta stop those. Stop yeah. stop sending me those, please. So so we're about to get we're almost a D-Lo, but I, I definitely wanted to um cover these two guys because they were important in, in different moments in the playoffs and it's Lonnie Walker, the fourth and, and Dennis Schroeder. So I'm going to cover Lonnie Walker, the fourth first, because I think it'll be yeah. an easier conversation. So he, he, we gave him the, um, the taxpayer mid-level exception. We can mm -hmm. give him a 15% raise, which will get him at about $8 million next year. Uh, I don't know what Walker's value is. Obviously he had that game four against the Warriors. That was monstrous. Won us the game. Um, but $8 million is not a bad number for a guy like Lonnie. We, you and I were very high on him at the start of the mm -hmm. season. We thought his benching might have been a little unjustified. Um, his usage was bizarre, using him in four-guard lineups. You know, stuff yep. like that was really bad. Um, but if he's willing to come back at an $8 million deal, maybe a one plus one so that he can get back out on the market, you know, improve his value for probably Ham has now seen that he can actually score. He's, he's a rust type. I can get to the rim, super athletic. He has a nice energy with Austin Reeves. I've seen both of those guys get off at the same time, um, you know, uh, as players in transition. Uh, he is a rim pressure threat that we did not have, uh, and like a real one, not a fake one like Dennis, where just kind of fakes his way to the rim and then brings it back out. Um, <laughs> I would bring him back. At $8 million, I think that's a good number, um, especially because he'll probably be okay uh, with a one-plus-one deal or a two-plus-one deal. What do, you, what do you think about that? Really quick, can you explain how we keep him for eight million? Uh, so it's like yeah, you're saying, yeah. Like he's so we have his non-bird rights, um, right? And the non-bird rights say that you can. It's either fifteen percent or twenty percent. Basically, says yeah. whatever you got paid last year, 
you can get right. the team can give you a 20% raise um, and 15 or 20% raise. And so the Lakers, because they signed him at 7 million, a 20% raise gets him to about 8 million. So if his market, his free agent market isn't better than that, which means right. nobody's offering him, has nobody, no team with cap space is offering him more than 8 million, or nobody's offering the non taxpayer mid level, which is uh, like that whole $12 million. Mm -hmm. um, then Lakers kind of have an advantage. They can say, yeah. hey, we'll give you that 15% raise. You came through for us in that playoff game. We did use him in small ball lineups where he, he did help out. Yeah, I think he, I want to say in the Memphis series, he, he had a small moment where he was helping defensively and stuff like that too as well. Um, it's it's not a bad, again, 82 game player. You can you can use him as a guard to spell, you know, if somebody gets injured. I, I think it makes a ton of sense to bring him back. I, I'm not sure we, you know, I'm sure maybe we beat the Warriors. I don't know, like, I don't know what happens if you lose that game, yeah, that, that game, game four. four against the Warriors. Like, I really don't. Like, I, I think, like, he won you a, a game in the playoffs. I don't think he'll get Malik Monk. Like, I don't think that's his mm. market. Like, I just don't – like, I'm comparing them. Malik had a much better season. He was also <laughs> played more, um, had a lot bigger role. There were injuries and stuff like that. But Malik Monk, I think, showed a lot more than I think Lonnie Walker was able to show. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, it, maybe Lonnie shows it next season. But Malik Monk showed a lot more off the ball. And he got, like, a two-year 20, and we just could not afford that, right? So, like, yeah. I think he signed the minimum with us. So, we, we had no chance of affording him. And I think even the Lonnie Walker conversations was like, we got him – we have a chance at least to resign them. I remember yeah. beginning of the year, people talked about that. So I would like that. I'm not sure. Again, it's the, it's obviously on a lot smaller scale in Austin, but Lonnie had a playoff moment. I just don't know how GMs go and be like, let, let me give my whole taxpayer MLE to that. Exactly. That's not, that's, that's not what happens. That's not usually, that's usually like, that's, that's a very coveted asset for teams. They don't usually just throw that out on a blink of an eye. So I'd be interested to see what his market is. Again, the Spurs just let him walk, which was strange again last season, how that worked. Um, they just let him out of his contract. Um, so we'll see. He's also clutch, which doesn't hurt. Like doesn't yeah. hurt come re, you know, resigning with the Lakers. Um, I would like him back for that number as well. I, I just don't see a team throwing money at Lonnie Walker. He just did not play enough his, Fair. whether that's his fault or not, but he, I think they said like he sat 30 straight games. It's insane. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. a lot. It's a, it's a ton. Even when he was starting, moment. he was starting next to LeBron and AD at the start of the season. He was averaging yeah. 15 a game for the Lakers, which I am hundred percent sure no Laker fan was expecting. Like I actually remember a lot of, uh, without naming names, I remember a few of our you know more notable Laker accounts saying that it was a terrible signing. He's not good. He's not going to be good. Um, yeah, obviously he had his defensive defic deficiencies and stuff like that. But like. I remember you and I talked about it. Like you watch the tape on him there. It's there. You can see it. Yeah. He just, somebody has to just help guide him in the direction he has to go. in. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when we started two and 10, I was like, this dude's playing well. Like he's yeah. not the reason for two and 10. Yeah. Like, he's guarding Dame. Well, he's guarding these other guards. Well, it's just, and something dropped off. I think just playing small forward. I remember Dennis came back from his hand injury. Patrick Beverly came back from the thumb injury. And then our guard rotation just went to hell. We just it played. Was <laughs> Dude, and then we, yeah, so it was it was terrible. Then we traded right for D'Angelo Russell, and Malik Beasley, and then Lonnie Walker was just out of the rotation. Like he just didn't yeah. play anymore. So um, again, whatever side you're on, you're right, right? Like the people who didn't like the Lonnie Walker signing can just point to, hey, he didn't play the final thirty games, or the yeah. people who were like, hey, Lonnie's good. Like, hey, game four, freaking one. He went toe to toe with Steph Curry, and the in Steph Curry at the peak of his freaking powers, he's going back and forth with Steph Curry in a playoff game. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd hope he returns. I'd 
I think he's going to just go for the biggest bag, which he should. Like, I think he's going to go for whatever pays him the most this summer. Um, and for opportunity, right? I think I don't think he wants another season where he's the fourth string guard. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that's what Lonnie Walker wants. So that would be interesting, too. Like, I, you have D'Lo. Oh, we'll see. We'll talk about D'Lo. But D'Lo, yeah. Austin, we'll see what, what happens with Dennis. Lonnie, that's, that's fourth string guard. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if that's what he wants. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, so so Dennis is really the other counterpart to the, to this sort of thing, and I actually have had with some folks in the writing circle, like I've had a very deep debate, like with people about whether you should bring back Dennis, or whether you should, or whether you should bring back Lonnie, and people were very high on Dennis, and they weren't high on Lonnie at all, and I was just like, I'm surprised people are saying that, um, maybe because Dennis has shown that he can be a consistent scorer, like in the regular season. But, you know, Dennis, for the most part in the playoffs, didn't really have a great offensive, you know, like he had some maybe really good offensive moments, um, you know, a few plays here and there. But he was pretty deferential to to the Stars and to everybody else. There were definitely many times where he probably held on the ball too much uh, without was, any intention to look to score unless, like, the defensive player. He's a defensive player yeah. in the playoffs. And, and so the Lakers don't – so he – he had, we have his non-bird rights to as well, but he's a, he's a minimum salary guy. He yeah. was having a spectacular EuroLeague in the offseason, and nobody wanted to sign him but the Lakers. And obviously we know about the connection between Darvin Ham and him and you know everything like that. And um, the Lakers can offer the taxpayer in the league, which is about $5 million to Dennis. Now, I am against it hmm. because I think – you're adding a talent that is pretty much going to be guaranteed 30 minutes a game, 32 minutes a game, which is not, and he's a marginal player. So my concern with him is not actually basketball, but I think he's a fantastic defensive guy. He plays really hard defensively. Um, you know, his, his offense is very suspect when he gets defended by big physical guys, he shies away from the rim. Everything kind of goes, they were not a good shooter um, from, from the three and whatnot. Um, he was dealing with some ankle injuries too in the playoffs. He was, he was playing through it, but he was very mm -hmm. tough. I remember you and I joked like, Dilo sprained his ankle, missed nine games. Then he sprains his ankle. Is like, yeah, I'm coming right back. Like, I'm not not missing. <laughs> I'm playing the second half. Um, yeah. And so, if he wants to come back at the vet min or like the 15% raise, which is like a, like two million dollars total or whatever, two and a half million dollars, I'm okay with it. I, I'd like to keep that tax family for maybe you know like a, a wing size player, if, you know. I think the Warriors got like DiVincenzo or something like that at the very last, at the end of it. He ended yeah. up being better than Jordan Poole in the series for the Warriors. Like, I'd rather save it for a guy like him. Um, where are you with that? So my concern with Dennis is he's going to eat up minutes from guys that can actually be productive. Mm. Like the Max Christie's, the Austin Reeves. If we bring back Lonnie, like I'd like to have Lonnie get some minutes in that situation. If yeah. Malik is moved for Buddy Hill, I'm concerned that Dennis will eat those guys' minutes. Uh, not that he's not a good basketball player. So I won't. I wouldn't want to bring him back um, at five million. Uh, yeah, him and Ham definitely have some sort of you know connection and yeah. relationship, which I think is important. I think you're you need players that have a connection with your coach. I think that's. I think you need players that your coaches not only trust but they trust him as well. And obviously, there's yeah. some relationship there. I would be shocked, Manet, if he doesn't get that. Like to me, like okay. it just it it just feels like that's a bond there. It just feels like that that's gonna what's gonna become of it. Dennis yeah, Bron what, maybe, likes him. Somehow he gets this inside information from Braun and tells people, <laughs> tells fans that, and Braun never says anything to him about it. I'm yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, you need to transcribe the German stuff. I'm sure, like, he says <laughs> a lot more crazier stuff there than he says in English here. But, yeah, like, 
I think Dennis is another. I don't want to put you know put him in that hole, but 82 game like helps you through yeah, a regular okay. season. Plays through a ton of stuff. Is tough. Plays hard. Like he has a good motor as well. Um, he's good on defense. I think they like that combination. Is it like murky sometimes? Yeah. Like he's not a good shooter. He takes shots where you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, that went in. You know, like like a ton of those type of looks where he takes threes and uh, takes shot. He has a light that's probably greener than you want it to be. Um, but I think that's again, Darvin Ham kind of instills that in, in his guys. But I'd be shocked if he doesn't get the taxpayer Emily. And Fair. maybe you can find another wing with that. I, I think his minutes, I'm sure he's going to be penciled in for the 2025. We'll see with D-Lo, where D-Lo goes. I think Austin is about to get that new contract, so he'll be penciled in as a starter. So maybe yeah. that's a little bit less. Darvin Ham likes his three guard lineups. Like uh, maybe he continues that next season. We'll see. I, I would just be shocked if Dennis doesn't get that. But you think a team would pay him? Like he had some moments, at least in the regular season. I mean, he had a louder regular season than other guys did. So I, I'm not sure if a team would go after that. You just went through the Euroleague stuff. I think a lot of his issues were more off the court, right? Like, I mean, there's no reason. Like, I think in Boston, he was like torpedoing. Uh, he was taking the ball away from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which is an insane thing to say. Um, Houston was like, no, nah, we're good. Like, we don't want another guard here. So um, he, he ends up on the Lakers. But I, I don't. I, I would be shocked to me if he doesn't get that taxpayer Emily. If that's the asset that we have, I just it, it feels like that's that's where we're coming to. Yeah, I I don't know how much of a priority he will be in like the pecking order mm-hmm. of things. Um, I would hope that they they'll probably wait and see who's available at that five million before they actually offer it to him. Um, I'm sure he'll wait say, too, right? He wants yeah. more than five million. Like for he, sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We went through his I, contracts. I've I've heard that his issues or his the sentiment around him around the league is not a basketball thing it's more of a right. personality thing like um braun likes him so that's important like well i guess the best way i can say is like our star players like him oh anthony davis probably a little bit less than braun because of the, the whole not not setting him up for plays or whatever thing uh passing to anything but um that's not the same sentiment that dennis gets from other places other franchises that he's been on that, that the star players like like him like like mm-hmm. like that as a person. And so you know, that, that locker room stuff matters sometimes, you know, like if you have a guy that doesn't get along with your star players or, you know, it's just kind of weird vibe. Obviously we had the Russ vampire thing. That was a big thing that people were saying or McMenamin reported. So like, obviously Laker fans should be familiar with um, what it is uh, when it comes to it. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Same thing. We can bring Lonnie back at the 8 million number. Dennis 5 million. If we don't have any other option and we can't get, we can't do something better with it. I'm 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 okay with that. 82 game bodies are really important because of LeBron and AD, and just we don't yep. know what's going to happen with them physically. Um, which brings us to the most controversial player of the playoffs for the Lakers. Mm. Um, not we traded one Russell and brought on another Russell. That also was just as controversial. Um, not just as controversial, but polarizing. Little, yeah, as as, as polarizing. Um, D'Angelo had a very rough playoffs for the Lakers. He did have a few games where he played really well. Um, he definitely had a few portions of games where he really stepped up, especially like in the Warriors series. He did it. I, I would say in the Memphis series, like the start of the third quarters for like a couple of those games, he played really yeah. well. But we didn't necessarily get the player that we were hoping. And uh, to tie it back to your original question, which I think is a great question that you, you asked, you asked Twitter, who in a smaller role can be the Aaron Gordon for a team? A, a guy who's being a, I think D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be that guy for us. And yeah. he wasn't. And 
you know, even with my rant about Miles Turner, one of the reasons why I'm so upset that people are still not so upset, but I'm like irritated that people keep talking about adding a center to the team. Our issue against Denver is literally all of our guards got wiped out except for Austin Reeves. They were unplayable except for Austin. Yeah. And my thing is we have to address that. Like that's an important thing. Like our second year guard was our best guard. Like that is a problem. And more than whoever's defending Jokic and ISO like that, 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 that was my concern. And my thing is, you know, I think it was just too easy to wipe D'Lo out uh, of, of the series. Way too easy. Warriors did it with Gary Payton. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, Denver made it a point to wipe him out, you know, with KCP and, and, and different guys. And, you know, even he was part of the post-game conversations and whatnot. Uh, and I think LJ is saying in the YouTube chat, you know, he played 17 games, missed nine games. I think the Lakers went six and three without him, like in the lineup when he missed those nine games. Like, you know, you have a winning record without the guy who's supposed to be like your third guy in the regular season. And you're playing, you know, you have his backcourt mate playing better than him in the playoffs. Like it, it at least with the microscope Laker fans have, like it, it'll raise a lot of eyebrows. And I know the number that's been floated around for him is like a, a like a 50, like a two year, $50 million, like 25 a year. I'm sure the Lakers probably want to get him somewhere closer to 20 million a year if they can. I don't know if he'll go for that. Um, politics stuff aside for the folks that don't know, he's with CAA. He's not with Clutch. He's not with Wasserman. He's not with any of the smaller agencies. CAA is a very big agency. They don't, you know, they they do do business with us with the, with the Lakers in general. So there's another aspect to it. You know, like are you going to take care of this guy? Um, but the Lakers are also in position where if LA is not the place for D'Lo, you know, we can sign and trade him to, to a place, you know, his agency will figure something out for him, uh, a destination that may want him. Where, what are your thoughts on like this? Like, yeah, if, if D'Lo asked for $30 million or he's walking, <laughs> are you giving him $30 million? Like I, I, I let's say throw the asset management part. Like you right. and I would both say asset management wise, you've got to keep him. You can't just let him walk for nothing. But um, what do you think about that? If he's super hardcore about the number that he wants to get. Yeah, so really, you brought it up the CAA stuff. I also think like D'Angelo Russell is just a guy that walks to his own drum. Like you, yeah. like you could, t- like you know what I mean. Like he just does things on his time, um, whether the first years were a part of that, or whatever. I think I'm higher on D'Lo than even a lot of people. Also, it's sentimental yeah. value to me. Like I, I like picks that we drafted. Like uh, we drafted yeah. him number two. I have some sentimental value with that. I watch Boston, watch see Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum go from summer league games to conference final games. I think that's really cool. And I would, I, I would love D'Lo to work out, I guess is my point with that. Like, I would like it to work out where D'Angelo so D'Angelo Russell came back and he played into it, right? He he accepted all that. He didn't shy away from any of that conversation. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, I was drafted by the Lakers, but I've been passed around. He's like, no, I started here. I want yeah. to correct what I, you know, or however the terms he put it. Um, I want to return this team to the correct glory or whatever in, in short terms. He said, there means a lot. I also don't know, like, where D'Angelo Russell's getting 30. Like, you just look at him as a concept. D'Angelo Russell, if he's coming in to your team, you're not building around D'Angelo Russell. Like, that's right. not happening. He's too late in his career for that. He's made one all-star team. Congrats on the one all-star team. Like, I, whatever you want to think about that. But you're bringing D'Angelo Russell in. You're probably a team that's good, that probably needs off-ball shooting. Are you paying $30 million for a guy who might start for you? Might not. We'll see. Um, I, I just don't think that's his market. I think 20 million is probably his range. And again, you can bring the asset managers back. You just have to keep, you can't let a guy like that walk to me. You got to sure. keep that salary spot, um, what it is. I think they'll find 
some agreement there. I don't think they're going to let him walk at all. Maybe he's a 82 game player. Like maybe that's what he is. He had a, maybe that's what he is. Yeah. I think he had important moments in the playoffs. Like I don't want that to go away. I, I think like even the playing game, he had huge threes, the Memphis series. He had huge threes in the fourth quarter. The, I think he had like a 9-0 run to put it put us up one after being down eight in some game. The Warriors series started hot in game six. Game one had the game winner, right? The essential yeah. game winner. The, the Warriors went on a 14-row run and D'Lo scores the final final game, final shot. Those shots matter too in the collective. But you wanted you needed more from D'Lo, 100 percent Like you needed him to he he couldn't be taken out that easily. The, the aggression upped and he shied away. And you can even look at his backcourt partner. The up, the aggressive, the the physicality increased, and he embraced it. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna be more right. physical. I'm gonna go to the line. I'm gonna impact the game in ways that you can't take me out of it." And I thought D'Lo was removed, and he accepted being removed. That was the part was the more that rubbed me the wrong way. I guess right. it was kind of like, "Well, what am I supposed to do?" They're, you know, Bruce Brown is ball pressuring me. I'm like, D'Angelo Russell, you know, find ways to still be aggressive throughout. Run a pick and roll. Get to the get to the rim a little bit. Get to the line. Um, he was just way too comfortable with being like, yeah, I'm just going to continue to shoot my contested jump shots and see if they go in. If they don't, if they don't, then I'm not impact, impacting the game. I just don't think we're in a situation where we can let him walk. There's a, there's a load of a talent discrepancy that we don't have that we can just let him go. But where are you at with it? I know you're a little, you're, <laughs> you're hard on yeah. D low uh, as uh, yeah. well, I think most I'm, people are, you know, to, uh, for the folks that don't know, uh, like at the end of every season, I wipe, all, like I wipe my Twitter clean. Like I delete all my tweets, all my like everything. Cause I just like, I'm I don't get too attached to whatever happens online. Sure. Uh, so like I, I always delete everything. So it's just like, you won't see any of the tweets anymore, but I, I very distinctly remember the, after the Minnesota game where D'Lo was like, Oh yeah, these guys have been traumatized by, you know, what was happening before. And so he's basically joking about Russ. And I, was, I remember tweeting him. I was just like, all right, no more funny post game stuff. Cause you have not played well. Like, you're trying to win fans over through like the media, like by saying stuff that we'll like, and you've got to stop doing that because we're watching you play and you're not playing well. And not to say that other guys were, but it's just like, we can see you. And so this is only going to last for so long. And then you could tell like the novelty of like the D'Lo shooting after the game, after having oh. a bad shooting game, like Laker fans after game, the second time he did they're like, all right, dude. Like, we don't care. Like, we don't care you're getting shots up at, at the end of the game. He followed up a three for eight game with a one for eight game. I was like, all right, bro. So he didn't game Kyrie. four. He didn't yeah. game four, Vinay. Like, after our season ended, he's out there full jersey shooting, <laughs> shooting after the game. It's like, man, that's, I guess. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, so from an asset management standpoint, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing because, bro, it's just people get mad at me sometimes. This is just my random rant, but like people get mad at me sometimes, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're just you're just a fan of this guy, and that's why you're like, or you hate LeBron." Like, and I'll be like, "I I just want to talk about the basketball I saw. Like, game four, there's a stretch where you know the Lakers have a chance to win the game, take the lead, and LeBron runs the clock for a really really long time, and." Uh, I think the ball gets fucked out of bounds, and then we run the eight, the play where he shoots it, hits the side of the backboard. I'm not really mad at him about the ATO play. Like it's, it looked like it was supposed to be a DHO with Braun and Austin. He was supposed to give it to Austin, but Braun just kind of keeps it with him, which is mm. fine. It's LeBron. I'm never gonna say anything. But like the him running the clock prior to that was a little irritating. And I remember I tweeted, I was just like, this is a horrendous decision by LeBron to do this at this point in the game. And people are like, 
oh, he's played the most minutes and he scored the most points. It's like, I know he has. Like, I, like I'm not saying that he's a terrible guy. I'm saying that one specific play was not good for because Braun is so – he's so smart, you know? And it's just – yeah. This D'Lo thing, it's just like, I just wish people would just watch. Just watch what he's doing. Like, And I think that's that's basically what happened in the playoffs. People got mad at me about the Minnesota tweet. And then literally every game after that, I'm seeing the same exact people who got mad at me go, uh, what's going on? Get rid of D'Lo. We can't play D'Lo. He's completely – they were saying this in the Memphis series. I was like, whoa, you guys need to chill out. Like, he still had some good moments for us. And so my thing is just like, I don't know if he's going to become a different player next season. Like, I think he's going to have more familiarity with the team. I think he's become a better playmaker because he's going to play really well. He'll get more used to Anthony Davis. Like, he was a, he was a great playmaker for the Lakers. Like, yeah, the second best playmaker for us, maybe outside of Austin. Like, he has some synergy with the guards, with Austin. He has some synergy clearly with Beasley, Vanderbilt. Like, those guys cut for him, like, to, to for him to set him up plays. So he definitely has value for us in that regards. My only thing is, I think this is just what he is, and yeah. I don't think he's going to embrace the level of physicality because he ha- he's eight seasons in, right? Like you can't learn. I mean, you can learn new things, but we typically don't see that. This is going to be his second extension, like yeah. after the big one that he got from from Brooklyn. Um, and the other thing is, like, he also doesn't stay healthy. Like he, like we have two guys, our two stars can get injured at any point. That's a risk any team takes. But LeBron is a thousand years old. So he has to, he can't, LeBron yep. can't play 65 games or whatever it is for all NBA. Anthony Davis just has random stuff happen to him and he gets hurt. Sometimes he comes into the season option. So if I already have two guys that I don't think are going to be able to play 60 games, mm-hmm. I don't know about having, adding a third guy that can do that. And that, that concerns me a lot. And so asset wise, you have to keep them. You can't let him walk for nothing. He's a big chunk of your salary cap that, that's yep. tradable. Um, but also, we can't load manage a third dude. I, an ankle no. sprain, severity matters. I'm never going to say that like he's soft or whatever. But as a fan, when I see D'Lo miss nine games for a hip injury, an ankle, a hip injury that was never announced beforehand, an ankle injury that was never announced beforehand, uh, he had a third injury. I can't remember what it was, a shoulder or a, or a hand or something. I can't remember what it was. And then to be told in the regular season that he would have played the next game if it was a playoff game, but he just, you know, it's regular season, so he didn't, knowing that we were fighting for our lives to get into the playoffs to begin with. And then he has teammates on the roster that are like, I strained my ankle like twice in the same possession. I'm playing in the second half no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, even like LeBron, like LeBron sprained his ankle like three times in one game against Denver, like blocking a shot. And he's just like, I'm playing. So it's just like, I, I don't know if I can deal with that as a fan because I don't want to spend all season being like, Andy Davis is hurt. Oh, no, now LeBron's hurt. Oh, now D'Lo is hurt. So it's like, yeah. oh, we can't, we can't keep doing this. It's not fair to LeBron yeah. or AD. That's fair. No, LeBron was like, "Look, I have one. I have one playing on one foot, you know." And then, yeah. and then, yeah, it's just not a good look. I said, "Yeah, I'm not. I don't question anyone's injury." But LeBron's like, "I'm playing on one foot and deals." Yeah, let's see how I feel tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just right. a, just a really weird situation. Delo might just be who he is, and that guy still costs you like twenty million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, who, what Delo is today, I don't think because I don't think he's changing. And you know, I see. Uh, I think Worthy brought it up. His like his exit interview. Like people are asking, hey, like Dilar, did you learn from this playoff experience? Like, are you gonna go and work on? It's like, yeah, I'm kind of who I am. That's not really what you would. 
that's not that's really not what you want to hear like as a fan i appreciate the realism you know i right, appreciate him right. being real with me he's not oh no I, you know what i didn't shoot well against denver i'm gonna I'm be in the gym tomorrow he's like i'm kind of who i am like i'm not gonna change like the right. lakers know who i am the league knows who i am um he sounds like a guy who's kind of made his money and it's kind of like look i'm gonna be in the league next year i kind of know what contracts i'm gonna be offered so I don't think he's changing. I don't think you should go into next season. Like, yeah, deal is going to accept the, you, you compared him just now to the Wiggins, Aaron Gordon type. I don't think he's going to, he's not accepting that, but I do think I saw a little bit of like, okay, Austin's so good. I don't, I don't need the ball. Like I'm going to give Austin the ball. And maybe right, that's, right. Maybe, I don't know if you want, there's a, there's a line of competitiveness and a line of like de- necessary deferring to your teammate. Who's really yes. good as well. And there was like a weird, passing of the torch that was too comfortable you know like i don't know how to explain this in words that make too much sense but you know what i mean the easiest way to explain is you allowed there was a point where it felt like he was very okay like he knew what denver's game plan was and he was okay like just rolling with whatever denver's game plan was which is we're just going to ball pressure you so much that you just give up the ball and you don't even try to get kcp into foul trouble or try to be aggressive or like try to junk up what we're trying to do, uh, like, and it just seemed like he's like, yeah, pressuring me. I'm just gonna give it up, like, and that that's how the way I saw it. So the Denver series kind of magnified this, but I thought this happened throughout the playoffs. Where like in the yeah. Memphis series, in the Warrior, in the Warriors series, where he's like, you know what, Austin's been killing. Like, I'm just giving to, to him every time, which is great. It's just like. Sometimes can you cook your matchup? You know what I mean? They're hiding the worst defender on you. Like, right. can you can you attack your guys sometimes? They hid their best, their worst defenders on him. And I thought against Steph, he did attack him sometimes and had, yeah. you know, some good matchups. And we did, you know, use him as a screener a little bit. I wish we used that a little bit more, put him, you know, in more actions. But I thought there was just a little a lot of deferring. But I think he just who he is who he is. Um, he's gonna be hot. It's kind of a little bit more extreme of a Malik Beasley kind of thing. So um we'll see. But I I think that player is still going to cost you like $20 million. I don't see Vinay like a $30 million market though for DeAndre. I, I know for a fact that he was hoping to ask for $35 million a year. Like he was going to ask for like 35 a year when he first joined the Lakers. Like sure. everything was amazing. Lakers are rolling teams. He's going out there and making jokes about the guys that used to be on the roster. Laker fans are eating it up. They're like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Like look at the vibe. Every up and down my time, I was like, look at how mature he is. Look at he's grown up so much since he used to play on Lakers. And to some degree, he has like he's spent more mm-hmm. years in the league. But it's just like the moment, you know, there was some adversity, then you got like this little catty version of him, and people are like, Hold on now. Like, I'm I'm still not in the same boat as what other people are doing, where like you have to get rid of him. Like, I, I don't agree with that at all. I'm like, you've got to find something in between for a guy like him if you can't move him for somebody who actually helps the team out. Um, but like, again, this is not specific, just a deal. A lot of guys around the league are like this, like yep. they know who they are. Like you're not going to Julius Randall, like New York's not going to Julius Randall and telling him to change his game. Like Randall is who he is. Either he's working for whatever you're trying to do it with, with his strengths and, and weaknesses, or he's not. And that's just how it goes. And I think, I think about d and I think about Randall kind of in the same way. Like they like are that. who they are now at this point. So you either are okay with paying them the amount of money that they want or they feel they deserve uh, or whatever the market dictates. And you find a way to make them, you know, maximize them whichever way. Um, or you don't have them on the roster. 
and yeah. like that's that's just that's just how it works. Um, but they like he's uh, if Austin's made himself and Rui has made himself an incredible amount of money in the playoffs, he's for sure lost himself a lot of like equity. Right. I, I would say uh, in some of these negotiations. So, so you said the 30, 35 million dollar number. The Lakers won the title. I think he can. He's, get, he's getting that. Yeah, he would have got that. Like he, he would, he could have went yeah. to the, he couldn't went to the number, and it could have said any number. I think the Randall thing is funny because when I tweeted that, a lot of people answered Julius Randall. I was like, Julius Randall made thirteen All NBA this year. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Julius Randall's not changing next season yeah. to, uh, you know, support or come off the bench for Obi Toppin, which I kind of said the Knicks might have needed to do. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, Julius Randall made thirteen All NBA, and that's where it's so interesting. D'Lo's not on that level, obviously. But he's gonna get his numbers in the regular season. He's gonna go out and get his 17 a game or whatever it is. Maybe it's not in the, in the efficiency you like. He shot 40% from three. Yeah. Um, I think in the regular season, which he was for sure brought up in his in his, in his closing <laughs> conference. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh but but yeah, like so you know, he was very aware of like what he wanted to do this season. And I he, think he's he a, he's just he's just smart. I remember when we got him, we I, I remember I told you I was like He's a smart guy, both on and off the floor. Like he's very, yeah, he's, he knows what people are saying about him and he knows like how he's perceived. Yeah. He's very keen. He's very aware. I remember like there was one time someone asked him about being a point guard. He's like, I'm not a point guard. What are you talking about? He's like, um, so yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I'm, I'm a, just an all around guard on this team or whatever he said. Um. So yeah, like I, I think, I think they're going to try to sign him, but I don't think they're, I don't, I don't think they're just going to let, I don't think they're just going to let him walk um, for nothing. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So if, if that number comes out to like somewhere between 20 million to 25 million a year, and it's like a short-term two-year deal, I'm okay with that. I, I don't think there's anything crazy about that. Um, the reason why I'm adverse to the 30 and 35 million is because I think it becomes much harder to trade if you do want to move. Yeah. It. it is very hard to move guys that are that high up. So I think the Lakers, from what I've heard on the back end, like that 25 number is probably the number that, he might agree on like that might make most the most sense. It'd be like one plus one or something like that um, for him, uh, like a there's player another, option. Another team throwing, another team throwing twenty five million at D'Angelo. Like I love D'Lo for more sentimental reasons than basketball sometimes. Yeah. But like twenty five million is a, a lot for a guard that you know. Like if again, I just put out the situation. If you're not winning, you probably have a guard that you're building up wherever that is, Fair. whether you're drafting Scoot Henderson, whether, you know, you're building up whatever guards on your team. If you're not, if you're a really good team, you probably have a guard that yeah. like you're set. So I don't know where that market is, I guess, but markets create themselves. I just, I, I'm not sure where his, where his, where his market. And finally pose this to you, jumping this back to you. If you pay d 25 million dollars a year, can you bring him off the bench next year? No, you can't. Okay. So it's like the money, this, this money conversation is a big deal because we know Austin's cap. Like he, he, we don't have to worry about him, but Rui possibly getting like 18 to 20. Now you're going to have Rui. That's 18 to 20. Forget. Let, let's say we don't even care about the tax. Gene's like, I'm not worried about the tax stuff. We want to bring the guys back. We don't want to make the same mistake that we did and do too much roster turnover. Right. Are you like, talking about say, the second apron? Is that what you mean? No, 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 even that, let's say that doesn't even matter. Like the Lakers okay. don't, they're not worried about the second apron right now. Cause it, to qualify for the second apron, you've got to have like multiple years of being above the second apron. So okay. let's just say they're not worried about that. Um, but like the financial part of it and whether you start is a real issue in basketball. Like this is a basketball. You can't pay. I think Gilbert Arenas has said it on his show. 
shout out to Gilbert, shout out to Trevor, shout out to Josiah, all Josiah. those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great folks. Um, you pay a guy a certain amount of money, you have to play him. He has to start for you. Like it's, it's just mm-hmm. like a blanket thing that that works in the league. And like if you pay him twenty five, he has to start. Now you have Austin and him in the backcourt, but now Rui's getting twenty. So Rui has to start. Like if you're not going to start him. But now, you know, like that, that's when things get really dicey um, with these conversations. And the Lakers aren't the Clippers, right? They don't necessarily have like Ham can get buy in from everybody. He's not worried about it. But you have that. And let's say you bring Lonnie back or you bring Dennis back. How does the minutes conflict with the, those sort of situations? So all that stuff gets dicey. Max Christie looks like he's ready for like 15 to 20 minutes a game, at least as a defensive three and D guy. Like he's very capable of it. You know, like so. We don't know how that sort of stuff looks, and there it's it's a much more complex situation when it comes to it. You can't bring. I don't even think Dilo would agree to come off the bench. I mean, let me tell you that I don't even think like him coming off the bench in Game Four was like it. It felt a lot like the Andre Drummond thing, honestly, to me. That like the moment they did that, it was just like, oh, you're gonna have to pay me now, or you're going to have to help me find a destination, which I don't think is as big of a deal because when Dilo was with Brooklyn and he had his all-star season, they signed and traded him. It was a dual sign and trade for Kevin Durant. Right. He was happy as long as he got paid. He really didn't care. Like he got signed. And the Warriors sure. were okay with making that deal because they knew they were going to flip him like within, I think you have to wait like two months or something like that after uh, the trade yeah. happens. I should know this because of the salary cap stuff, but pretty sure there's like a two to six month wait period. They mm-hmm. immediately flipped him. Like they, the Warriors knew they were never going to keep him, and they flipped him for Andrew Wiggins, and that's that's the way the story has gone so far. So I think his agency is probably telling the Lakers, if we can't make this work here, we will find a place for him. We just need to make sure that you guys can, you, the other team that we we work this deal out for, is it has players that you you can bring back um, that you know you would find doesn't hard cap. Yeah, and and so like that's just. That's the business of basketball. I think that's the reason why you're hearing so much about him being signed and traded to somebody else, like from actual writers. Like, right. I think CAA I, I, will find him a place. Like, they found Julius Randle a place. New York gave Julius Randle a soup, like an extension off of his all NBA season. He had a terrible follow up season. And then this season, he's bounced back. So it's like CAA is the, very, it's the most powerful agency in, in basketball. Yeah. They'll, they'll find then, him a destination. Then Randle had a terrible playoffs i thought i thought he right. was really bad um in the postseason no and then deal even i don't know if you got to hear his full final exit interview but you know he talked about um even brought up like yeah when they bench me i didn't want to make it an issue because of where we're at in the season like right well i mean so does that mean in the regular season you would have you know brought it up as <laughs> but right but like, so, like there's like oh look honestly like as a fan like there's two ways you could read that right like there's there's you can read that as I didn't really have a choice and I'm not like, it, again, we've said that he's smart. He is hyper aware. He knows what it looks like if he says something otherwise, right? Like if he right. says, who am I being benched for? Like, why am I being benched for this? Like this and was a thing yeah. like it, it, it. And then obviously the sentiment completely turns on, on him. Then at that point, if he, if, if, if he, um, you know, says something against the coaches. So it's just, I'd be very curious. I he is definitely one of those guys. If we play that percentage game, like I'm genuinely like 50 50. I could see them bringing him back at like a number that maybe works reasonably for him that makes him more tradable. 
And I could also yeah. see him getting moved because not just because of the playoffs, but it's there's like this weird thing with him, like just his vibe. Uh, and then everybody does his celebration. That's cool and stuff like that. But it's like when the basketball stuff takes up too much of the good vibe stuff, like, again, we started this thing completely off with LeBron saying, I might be yeah, done sooner might, than yeah. you guys think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have written, McManaman has written, Yovan, friend friend of the show, for Yovan has written, like, all these guys have written that, like, well, Braun wants a point guard. He wants to just play off ball. Well, the, yeah. can you play, can you rely on D'Lo for 65 games of being your heavy workload point guard? He hasn't shown it anywhere um, yeah. since Brooklyn. So it's like, you know, Bron, if Bron says I want an, I want a point guard, Fred Van Vliet, what, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, whoever it is that they're mentioning, like, you know, like he's he might be telling us something indirectly. Yeah, and I don't like any of those options, honestly. Like, I don't like the the pursuit of any of those options. I think would would be would be a bad you know way to go. I like I I'm not sure what Delo is. I think you know I think he played the most games he's played in a while last season as yeah. well in the regular season. Who knows if that was contract as well? And again, I have sentimental reasons. I would like I would like it to work out. Maybe it for won't. Sure. We'll see. But I I like if if I had a choice, I would like for Delo's game to work out. I think he makes. He gives comments where he gives a little too much information sometimes. Right. Like, you know, like sometimes I think it's just a little too much. Like, you know, if someone asks you after a series where you play like that, maybe just say a little bit like, yeah, maybe I can adjust one or two things. You know, like I right. would like right. to like to hear that a little bit. Um, and like to to me, honestly, even I think Darvin Ham would have benched D Lo game three if it was his yeah. if it was full choice. Like yeah. I think we, that's we, a, we we discussed it on the back end. Like there was definitely yeah. politics involved. Like you, he couldn't do it. Like he had to give him a chance in LA and hopefully bounce back. And it just it didn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, I would have started third. Qu- I mean, third quarter at least I would have gone to that because I think it was just hemorrhaging us. He had a oh he had like a three minute stretch. I think it was in game three. We we're on our way back and it was like missed shot turnover to the corner on KCP and then like also Denver just going right at him every possession. It's just not a not a good look and. I would have liked a little bit more, not remorse, but just a little bit of like self, you know, self uh, reflection there. But I think he is who he is. And that player to me is still a productive guard. Now is that, that's why I asked you, can he come off the bench? Cause I think there are there, there's a world to me where we go get enough wings or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um, to where maybe D'Lo does come off the bench and maybe that's not what he wants right now. Um, But we'll, we'll see. I think Austin's a starter. Obviously, LeBron and AD. Those other two spots are up for grabs. We'll see. Uh, I see Van Fleet. I just, I, I can't, I can't do Fred. I can't. Fred Van Smaller. Fleet, thirty. Yeah. Also, what he's going to ask for? I mean, he turned down a four-year, hundred and ten extension. I think from the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Better be. You better hit that. Like the, if, you know, like a, whatever that is. Um, I just, I don't like our other options there. Which I think it goes goes back to like I think we're just going to bring everyone back, and then try to move them when. Uh, when we can. Um, so, let, so let me let me float let me float a name for you. I just want to know, curious, and then we mm. can end it on this. If if the Milwaukee Bucks come up to you and say, Oof. "Okay, we'll sign and trade. We'll take a sign and trade for Dilo. We're gonna send you back Drew Holiday," and like let's say Dilo says, "Yeah, I'll sign for like twenty five million a year," and they they're willing to do that straight up. They have the seventeenth pick. Lakers have the seventeenth pick, and they and, and Milwaukee comes up to you and says, "We'll give you Drew. You send us." You send us D'Angelo and the 17th pick. Would you do that? 
I would uh I would think very hard at that. So Drew is what? How old is he? Like 30? 30. I think he's about to turn 30. He's 30. Okay. I'd probably do that. Drew Holiday, probably one of us. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah, I'd probably 32. I'd probably end up doing that. My question though, again, it's the right, same he has thing familiarity just, with Anthony. He's played with Anthony Davis before. No. He was part of that team that knocked out Portland in the first round, if you remember that loss to the Warriors. Uh, no, hundred percent. My yeah. question is again, it's the it's the Dallas thing. It's like why would Milwaukee do that? You know what I mean? Like, you have Gian, you have Giannis trying to win. I mean, Giannis, I know he said the weird failure commentary, whatever that was, but like that dude just trying to win next, you know? That dude's trying to win next season. Like you trade Drew yeah, Holiday for D'Angelo sure. Russell. Your team, your team got worse. I love D'Angelo yeah. Russell as much as the next guy. Your team got worse if you traded D'Angelo Russell for Drew Holiday in the 17th pick, who's not he's probably not gonna help you next season. So um I, I just I don't know why that would come up. It's why again all these like trades for guards. I know right. it's gonna feel the the content the content machine is hungry right now. It needs to it needs as many names That's as true. you can throw into its as many into its into into his mouth. But um I like Drew Holiday, I just I don't see why that, that would happen. Also, if Drew Holiday comes on the market, I think someone could beat that offer, right? Like, I think someone would put more on the table for Drew. Holiday. What do you think? You know, I, um, I think Drew, I think well, I, 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 D'Lo I in the 17 for for Drew, who made the all-star team this year, by the way, yeah. Drew Holiday, second time. What, I think. What if What if Phoenix comes to you and says, "We'll swap you, Chris Paul, for D'Angelo Russell straight up"? Oh, I know your answer to this. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I would I'm, say I'm no. just. I'm just. These are. Uh, these are not. I'm sure these are conversations being had. I'm not. These are definitely. Con- I can tell you for sure. These are conversations yeah, being. Yeah, hundred percent. I I would say no that either. Chris Paul is going to turn 48 next year. Like I. Like and he's and he's hurt every single postseason consistently. Yeah, for sure. You have another team trying to win. If they're doing that deal with you, they know something you don't. I'm just right. like you know. I'm not. Correct. By the way, shout out, shout out Frank Vogel. By the way, getting shout out Phoenix Frank job. What do you think about? By the way, what do you? Okay, you two hires? two things. I have two I have two thoughts on that. A, okay. he needs to get rid of his agent because Monty got 72 million from Detroit for. The job they got, Oof. and then Frank took thirty-one million, and I was like, "Bro, For five years, you won yeah. a championship, bro. Like, what is going on here? Like, there's no way. Like, him taking a discount must be something. So happy for him uh, as a person. Everything, everything that literally I've ever heard about him is he's a really nice dude. Yep. Even the stuff that they were saying with him beefing with Russ, like I know for a fact that he they, they were cordial with each other. It was a basketball issue, not a person person to person issue. Like that. yeah, um, uh, but he's a very nice guy. Um, him making Phoenix is funny. I think I've seen I, I follow like four Phoenix fans. Um, and shout out, I, I don't think maybe Yeah, I I think he is a perfect example. He is a great coach for what they probably want, which is a defensive minded head coach that won't get in the way of what the offensive players want to Good do. Point. And I think that he is a perfect coach for that. I know they retain, they made that Kevin assistant Young. coach, Kevin Young, like the most highest paid assistant coach. He's probably, you know, in the weeds a little bit more Offense. on the offensive end. Um, I think Monty being gone, I think Frank being there um, probably means it's the end of Chris Paul in in the sun in a Suns uniform. Probably also means it's the end of DeAndre Ayton. Um, I was having a discussion in a group chat. Vogel was able to win a championship. Granted, it was the bubble or whatever. Like he was able to win it with a non non spacing center next to Anthony Davis, who you know is 
up and down as a jump shooter um, himself and a mm-hmm. non-spacing backcourt. And yeah. he won a championship that way. He did, we did it with Ray John Rondo the first year, which drove us absolutely crazy the year that he did it. Um, and then obviously he did with Russ and Avery Bradley. Like he ran Rondo and Avery Bradley and then Russ and Avery Bradley um, uh, the year prior. And then we had DeAndre Jordan the second year. Like, But he is the kind of guy that um, – he is the kind of coach that like if the role players need to be coached to play defense correctly and the offensive players just need to be allowed to do what they want to do, Perfect coach for it. Championship pedigree, players coach. Everybody loves him. Uh, I the fact that the front office kind of picked his assistants for him, I thought was funny yeah. too as well. It's like, okay, this might be a Frank Vogel thing. Maybe it's not a Lakers thing specifically. Like, um, but good for him, man. Like, I'm glad. That, I'm glad that he got a job. Um, just, just a quick answer here. Do you think Monty should have been fired in Phoenix? <sighs> You gotta go long. I'm just I'm just curious because I think it, it goes into my. I, I think Monty here, but... Williams really loves Chris Paul, and he implicitly trusts Chris Paul to run the offense. And I think for the Suns okay. to succeed as a team, that was something that had to stop. And I think that's why Monty had to be let go. But what? Okay, here's my pushback to that. All right, I've heard this. I've seen this. Benet was he gonna play campaign? Like what? Where no, were they I, I going? I you know what it. I mean? Like, so I totally get it. Chris Paul was Chris Paul didn't play after game what two of the yeah. of the first round? Like Monty Williams, I'm sure has his flaws. He took that Suns that was in the bubble. He, I think that was his first year. They won yeah. like 12 straight games or whatever it was, and then they still didn't they still didn't qualify yeah. for the playoffs. Chris Paul comes there. He builds a system around Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and that's murdering teams in the yeah. regular season. Absolutely murdering teams. They lose to Giannis, who had one of the best um, playoff performances maybe ever, 50 points, whatever, yeah. didn't miss from the free throw line. Next season, Chris Paul becomes old because he's freaking Chris Paul, and now Devin Booker is just raging through the season. And then they trade for Kevin Durant halfway. Kevin Durant gets hurt. I just like – we run through coaches so yes. often that I'm like, we take a look back. I don't know if Frank Vogel's better than Monty. Like I love Frank Vogel. I think he, I think he got unfairly kicked out when, like, maybe just here's the door, you know, walk out on your own instead of like a kicking him in the back out, which I think was what happened. They're like, yeah, we're we're done with Frank Vogel. I, I think he's a guy that needs the right personnel. Like yeah. I don't think you can, I don't think you can run his system with campaign and Jock Landale. Like For sure. I'm Absolutely. sorry, yeah. like, yeah. and I don't know if Phoenix has the tools to build the defense that he needs so i think giving him a five-year deal was a little like i thought doc rivers or kevin young was getting that job i was convinced i was like yeah i I would i I would have actually been shocked if doc rivers got that job because i don't i i I won't say anything bad about doc i've actually talked to him before he's a very nice guy so i'm gonna refrain from the (laughs) plead the fifth about him like i don't want to trouble not not, it's not not from doc's accolades or or as good of coach it's just like Guys like Doc Rivers don't stay out of the league. Like Doc's been in the league, and he's had way more playoff flameouts than he did this year. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just an interesting hire for Phoenix. Frank Vogel is just so safe is not the word. It's it's like I'm I'm, I'm I telling feel... you I, I'm telling you what it is. I'm not I'm I I'm, I'm positive they they wanted a guy who can play the right defense because the star players like like Booker and Katie are not like LeBron, right? pointing out matches like ad like dude what are you doing why are you rotating here like he yelled ice do this do that but like, they don't do that no they, they want to go out and 
hoop. They want to play basketball. They want to shoot. They want to get up and down the floor. They want to do their. You offense. think Frank Vogel is the coach for that? Like I, you know what I mean? Like I. As long as he doesn't I, get in their way, that's all it is. But like you watch Phoenix this year and think they need less structure. You know what I mean? Like I, I watch Phoenix this year. I'm like they need kind of need a more balanced system, and they just got a Fair. new like Matt Ishbia is being touted as this modern. Yeah. new face energy and he goes with like i love frank vogel again like i think yeah. frank vogel deserves a job in the league i was like throwing frank vogel into title or bust like expectations that's that's a lot for frank vogel i'm sure is like how much 31 minutes oh no one's offering me an assistant yeah i'll take that five years like you're yeah. probably gonna let me go after two like you know i'll be, I'll be whatever. Paid for the yeah, final three, care, whatever yeah. it is yeah, yeah it's just new ownership money like uh, i think we were talking about it privately i think it's new ownership money They're like how many years you want uh, Frank yeah. Vogel, I want five. Here, five years done. Thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes. Frank Vogel knows he's not gonna be there for five years. Like, come on, Frank Vogel knows he's not there for five years. Like, he, that's a title or bust, like mentality. And by the way, you you mess up in the regular season next year, you might be done next year. Like, I that hire was so strange to me. Like, I just did not see that coming. And it's it just, was, I don't know. It was it was definitely a surprise. Um, but knowing what we kind of know behind the scenes, what was going on with Frank and the, the way he was sort of operating for the Lakers, like what his real role was. Um, I think he's going to be more involved with whipping the role players into shape in terms of whoever that roster ends up being around Katie and Booker. It's going to be about, you know, how do we do our best to make their lives to, to maximize the amount of what, what they can do while we take the day. Cause you just think about the, the, the roster we had the first year we had with LeBron and AD, it was almost yeah. all defense. It was Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. KCP was our lone three and D guy. Alex yep. Crusoe happened to be a guy who could hit threes at a decent clip, but he was really a defensive guy for the most part. Like Kuzma was like our sixth man. I guess the, we, yeah. I don't know if we like knew for sure he'd be a six man, but he was like our most productive offensive player off the bench. Like it was really just a defensive team. So I would not be surprised at all if that roster looks very different, very defensive minded role players, a couple of maybe three and D guys um, on that roster, like in, in the off season. I don't think a lot of people have been saying that, like, you know, like they look like a team that's a very good candidate to send Chris Paul to a team that has a bunch of guys that are like unwanted contracts, like the Randall type of guys. Like they kind mm. of sign deals that don't really look good, but they can be effective in smaller, smaller roles, defensive roles, the yeah. Aaron Gordon types. And so, like, you know, maybe they, they send like DeAndre Ayton to a team that has like a bunch of, you know, defensive specialist guys that, that fit better around KD and Book because they're going to shoot 30 times a game as it is. So yeah. it's just. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that's why they yeah. hired Frank. It's just, do you, you remember when we hired Frank Vogel? It was like, first option was Ty Lue. Yeah. And that, that we was very upset. Good. Yeah. Second option was funny enough, Monty Williams. Monty right? Williams. Yeah. Then third option was Frank Vogel. Right. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that way as much in Phoenix, but it feels a, like, it was, look at, like, to me, Monty Williams is a good coach. I, I don't see, I didn't see anything there where I was like, man, you got to let that guy, you got to burn that guy no, out of the sure, system. Oh, for sure. For sure. And like I love Frank Vogel, I think he's a good coach. I just to me that situation is so tenuous that like Katie's not Anthony Davis at twenty six year old. You know what I mean? Like he's not, that's not what he is. Devin Booker's incredible. Is he LeBron from twenty twenty? I don't know. I think he's a. I think he's scoring pretty well. I think he's incredible. I just like I worry about that team defensively. Let's see who they get. But like you can't. Just, we saw it. Like you can't just throw Frank Vogel's schemes into any roster. Like, it's just not For how. Sure. 
And Frank Vogel is very headstrong. He's like, I'm not changing what I do. Like, Defensive principles, yeah. Yeah, we're not switching this. Kevin Durant, yeah. you're not switching. Yeah. You better you better drop coverage and get back to your big man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I'm interested to see how they how they um how they run it. But I just want to give him a shout out. Shout out Frank Vogel. We'll be yeah. uh here forever for that 2020 run. I just came out of left field to me. A, a team that's so yeah, it was, it was, was definitely like, a surprise like, hire. I didn't I didn't know he was uh like a finalist yeah. for that position. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Raj, we've covered everything. Uh, uh, the, the, it we this is a new record we've broken into two hours <laughs> and 10 minutes on this pod um you know uh it was really good i think it was a lot of lively discussion very yeah. honest discussion about some of these guys um you know obviously we don't know what direction things are going to go in uh summer league is coming up the draft is coming up you and i are both planning on being at summer league um yep. so that, i'm really looking forward to that i hope we keep our pick if it's not for somebody good you know that's somebody that really helps and I hope, you know, we get a chance to watch Max Christie and, and whoever that 17th pick ends up being. Um, I like the fact that we keep drafting guys that turn into impact guys. And that's why I really want to keep that pick. I think yep. it's really important. Um, but that's not going to stop Laker fans from throwing that pick and everybody else that they possibly can that's not LeBron and AD um, put into, you know, the, the trade machine and the content machine that, that needs to be going on right now um, in the offseason. But as always, this was a lot of fun. Um yep. It's just going to be a long listen for the folks to hear it, but you know, it's always enjoyable after a long vacation and hiatus. We'll get back to a regular routine uh, where we can discuss this. Um, hopefully Twitter figures out its spaces issue so that, we, you know, people, yeah. people aren't forced to just uh, watch this video. Um, but you know, as always, I appreciate it. We appreciate the folks that watch the video, uh, the folks that are in the chat, uh, the folks that end up listening to this afterwards on the podcast feeds. Um, we appreciate you all the time. It's been a yep. great regular season. It was a great postseason, and we expect it to be, you know, a, a productive offseason stuff to talk about um, as we get our eyes on on some of the guys that we're we're taking a look at um, in yep. the draft. And you know, we'll just carry it over and just keep keep things moving along. Because if you're like me and Raj, man, Lakers basketball is always on the back of our minds, even if we try to run away from it. So, um, <laughs> you know, we appreciate everybody. Raj, any any last thoughts? Oh, this was fun. Busy uh, season coming soon draft yeah. coming summer league maybe we'll record a live lakers detail from Vegas. that'd be pretty fun yeah yeah, yeah. and if you come out to summer league like dude the uh, message raj yeah. message me like we're not unapproachable <laughs> no like last time no. i went to summer league like people were like even hey, i was just like oh i don't know who you are and then it turns out it's like oh yeah, i listened to you on this i'll be like oh dude like nice me and then we talk about lakers stuff like yeah lakers fans can find find stuff to talk say about. hi we'll be, we'll be mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely say what's up but you know I'm, we'll, we'll definitely get back to doing this on the regular now that I'm back on mm -hmm. uh, back on vacation. So, um, yeah, we appreciate the folks listening in, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.